Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We are presented by The Athletic. Today on the show, it's the second part of our yearly win total over under podcast with Robbie Calland over there in beautiful Maryland in the United States. I'm excited right. to be here, Robbie. The first part went well. The takes got fired. We got we Jeff Teague stories. We did. It was a fantastic little little excursion for us, I felt like. It was great. Uh, my plans on keeping it short did did not happen, as <laughs> always is the case when you and I do a podcast. So uh, we just split it into two instead of trying to do one. So it's for the best. Yeah, it, it's a it, it's a yearly tradition. We record basically for four years or for four hours. Well, it feels like two. Yeah, yeah. It feels like four years sometimes. We record for four hours doing win total over unders, and that's so the reality. Day. We just we just have to set it up. And, and this year, for the first time in the five or six years we've been doing this, we split it into two. And that's, great. that's all we got to do sometimes. We just got to split it into two. We're getting older. We we got to mature. That's right. I you know it's just it's all about knowing your limits. And <laughs> when it's midnight Eastern, it was time for me to call it. Uh, yesterday on say go to 2 a.m so uh personal growth uh that's what we're looking for and uh also looking for growth in uh, basketball teams here okay so speaking of growth one team that is expected to grow this season the dallas mavericks were here and if you're not watching the show on youtube Mm -hmm. you got to do it go to youtube hit that subscribe button over on the game theory podcast with sam vicini and you are going to have beautiful access to all of these graphics that I've created that give you all of the fundamental information that Robbie and I talk about all the time on these videos and podcasts that we've been recording for years. So please go there, subscribe, do all of that by all means. And thank you for listening on the podcast feed as well. But we're going to start with the Dallas Mavericks here. The Dallas Mavericks win total over under this season, according to BetMGM, which is a sports book that The Athletic uses and thus that I use. Shout out to The Athletic. Shout out to BetMGM. The win total over under this year is 44 and a half for some fundamental information as we give every time we introduce one of these teams. The team won 38 last year. They were expected to win 41 based off of their point differential. They were sixth in offense, 24th in defense. They played at a very slow pace, third slowest in the league. Did not make the playoffs at, or the play-in after some uh, some shenanigans. Some, some, light, some light tanking to end the year. Yeah. Light, light just shenanigans. Just dabbling. <laughs> dabbling in some shenanigans by the end of the year. Uh, they had the fifth easiest schedule, by the way, in the league, and this still was a bit of a problem for them defensively. They lose Christian Wood, Reggie Bullock, Frank Nilakina, and 3,100 minutes from Dorian Finney-Smith and uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. They bring in Grant Williams, Dante Exum, Omax Prosper, Derek Lively, Rashawn Holmes, 
1,500 plus more Kyrie minutes, which should be good. Uh, And this is a team that has been completely rebuilt on the idea of defense to me. Yep. If you're going to have a Luka and Kyrie combination, you have to have defense. It's the only way that this works. And guys like Josh Green bringing in Grant Williams, having a healthy Maxi Kleba, who also missed a lot of time last season. Mm-hmm. Dante Axum played quite well defensively for Australia, in my opinion, in the World Cup. Omax is his the whole thing with Omax is that he is a <laughs> sharp defender on yeah. the perimeter uh, and was terrific for Marquette last season. Yeah. And Derek Lively, by the way, who was their 10th overall pick or 12th, 12th. overall pick, I'm sorry. Uh, he might not be able to play this year, at least early on. It'll be a struggle because offensively it's an adventure with him right now, just in terms of getting him screening, rolling, doing everything Mm -hmm. like that. He wants to do it. He's just not skilled enough yet. And he will be at some point, but he's just not quite there yet. But by the end of the year, he might be something because that's kind of the way it went at Duke this year. It was slow early, was probably the best defensive player in college basketball by the end of the season. Yeah. So – 44 and a half is the number here, Robbie. What What is your immediate takeaway? My immediate lean is over because, like, the team makes a whole lot more sense than it did at any time last year. Um, like, before the Kyrie trade, they were severely lacking without Jalen Brunson and having another backcourt creator because uh, Spencer Dinaway just wasn't – cutting it in that role for them. Um, But then they trade Dorian Finney-Smith and lose their best 3 and D guy on the wing. Josh Green still had his ups and downs, and they just didn't have a defense around him, especially with Kleba gone uh, and and injured, not gone, but injured. Uh, And then they just kind of bottomed out purposefully to end the year. This was a team, what, two years ago? I think it was 54 wins. Uh, the year they went to the conference finals, I don't think they're that good because they don't have Jalen Brunson uh, and they don't quite have all the same pieces that that they had there. And, and it doesn't make quite as much sense, but like I think they're closer to that than they were last year. Um, yeah. Luca plays a lot. Um, you know, we've we've talked about talked about in the East kind of guys who play a style that tends to keep them on the floor. He's the reason their pace is so slow. Uh, He wants to see everything. He wants to have everything laid out in front of him. He wants to draw the ball out, and he wants to run the offense the way he wants to run the offense. Um, And he's going to stay fairly floor-bound. He's going to, you know, get into his spots. He's usually the one dishing out contact, not the other way around, et cetera, et cetera. Um, The big question is, how much Kyrie do you get? because he does have a tendency to miss games for injuries or personal or whatever it is. Like he tends to, to miss some time. And then for me, it is when does Derek lively become playable? Because I think if he is a guy that can just be like, is there a world where by the end of the season, he can be there kind of Walker Kessler in a, in a way is that too much to ask from an off? Like I know, like because just I'm just trying to think of like a young guy that has that kind of defensive skill. Yeah, well, it, like, it's it's like Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell, okay, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson was playable 
as a rookie. Yeah. And by like the time February rolled around, he was like pretty useful. Mm-hmm. I think that's plausible. I I don't think he's going to be a immediate starter. I don't think he'll be like a, t- a 25 minute a game guy okay. at any point this year. He might be able to give him 20 by the end of the year. That's possible to me, but I'd be surprised if he got to where he was like 25 plus right. starting caliber big every night. The other guy they got is like, I'm intrigued to find out what Rashawn Holmes has left because in theory, what you need for a Luca big mm-hmm. or a valuable skill set, let's say for a sure. Luca big is somebody who can short roll and yes. create a shot because yeah. teams are going to put two on the ball with Luca yeah. regularly. Rashawn Holmes was one of the better short rolling bigs into that weird, funky floater push game shot. Yeah. <laughs> in the league for a couple of years there before Sacramento completely changed its style of play to accommodate Demonis Sabonis. And before he went through some personal things with some, uh, it was a custody issue that yeah. ultimately was ruled in his favor. If I remember correctly, uh, maybe like his mental, I think it's very possible his mental health wasn't totally there. Like it's, he could be somebody that is actually useful for this team is my point. And between him, Powell, Derek Lively, I think they have enough. The other thing is that if they don't, is there a world where they're like able to move one of these young guys and Rashawn Holmes for Clint Capella, like to Atlanta by the end of the year, something like that. Um, to go get a big, I, I, you can go get bigs that make it work. They also like Dwight Powell, and Dwight Powell is like perfectly. Well, and now that Dwight, and now that Dwight Powell's not on quite as big of a contract, I think it it takes a little bit of the pressure off of him. I think there was some pressure just from knowing, like I, I think guys like when they're on a big deal, you know, he was on some crazy, but he was making eleven, I think, a year, and it's just yeah. like when guys are on that kind of a deal, there's this pressure to produce. And like his impact is not necessarily like he's going to go put up crazy numbers, but like he is a great lob finisher, which obviously they want with Luca. Uh, He is, you know, athletic and fairly pliable defensively gives them some versatility as a big like that. And he screens well, like that, that's the, right. He's a good screener. He's a good roller. He kind of fell in love with some, like some of that mid range jump shot at times. And it's like, let's maybe cut some of that, but you know, I mean like in the role that I think he can now play, especially having Rashawn Holmes. And I think Derek lively eventually comes into that rotation and is they're kind of balancing that center minute. And you can even play against a small ball team. You can throw grant down there for, uh, well, the, if you the, want the big to. guy, the, and the big guy that they like to put is max. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They played now, that was through the playoffs and they went to the conference finals. They were, running a ton of that. Right. So here's ultimately my thing. I would love to be in on this over like entirely. I do not trust Jason Kidd. Fair. I I think that the way they've built this team makes so much sense. I think it was really smart, you know, be it Mark Cuban, be it, um, you know, Nico Harrison, mm-hmm. be it if Jason Kidd was involved in some way. I think the way they've built this roster around Kyrie and Luca taking advantage of the things that they could take advantage of was really, really sharp. Yeah. And going out and getting high level defenders. I expect Josh Green to have like a really strong year. 
this season for Dallas as well as like a two-way wing. I just don't know mm-hmm. if uh, I, I saw some concerning signs from Jason Kidd. Let's go sure. with that. Uh, sure. Just in terms of not see, look, I, I'm like in on him not playing Christian Wood. I think that's totally fine. Like I, I know people kind of melted down about that last year, but as we'll talk about with the Lakers, I like Christian Wood a lot more on his current deal than I do on the deal that he was on with Dallas and giving up a first round pick for Christian Wood. Yeah. It, it, it was more just structurally things never seemed to be humming there, even on offense. Like they finished sixth in offense. It, it just never felt mm-hmm. it, that was like entirely a Luca creation to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, you can say that it's always entirely a Luca creation when Luca is running the show, but like they finished 15th in offense the year they won 52 games and you know went to the conference finals right like you, it, the whole reason you bring in jason kidd i guess is to improve defensively but then they were a total train wreck disaster defensively maybe he can have maybe now that he has the chess pieces he can figure it out yeah. I, i'm just i'm in on the mavericks this year I love the way they've built the roster. I love Luca. I like the idea of Kyrie now also. Mm-hmm. Kyrie likes to push the tempo. He likes having guys around him that are willing to run with him. And he has guys in like Jaden Hardy, Josh Green, uh, Derek Lively certainly will run with him as like a trailing big. Like Pal he has dudes that will Yeah. He has dudes that'll go with him in transition when he wants to push and like yeah. be aggressive. I think this is like a really, really great situation in dallas i just am i, I want to see more from the coach before i jump all the way in so it's a lean over but it's a it's one where i'm kind of staying away i think that's understandable i i feel okay about it i think i get what you're saying about kid and also it's just like the west is pretty crazy deep like we talked about with the east like that's the it. leagues the league's super deep but it's like dude to win 45 games in the west 46 games in the west is gonna you have to be a really good basketball team and they yeah. definitely have the pieces to do it. Uh, the stay away for me is like if they don't, if they miss 20, 25 games from Kyrie, that puts a, a lot of stress again on Luca um, yeah. because he will again have to become, you know, the sun, moon, and stars of that team. And so I, uh, I, I, I I'm with you. Like I, I, I think maybe I feel a little bit better about it than you, but I, I also don't want to necessarily lock it up just because understanding that it's going to be really hard to win that many games in the West, even if I do think they did a really good job building this. And like, if the idea of lively, I love with this team. Like I, I love just having a defensive anchor like that at the back end. Who you know, like, yep. cause like, and part of this is probably because like, you are the guy who watches games from the very beginning of the year. I'm the guy who like watches games in March. And so yeah. like, I saw very good Derek Lively and I was like, that guy, you know, <laughs> that like, I was like, that guy, that's not what I want. <laughs> that guy rocks, you know? And so like, I was watching, I was like, this dude's, ki-. that's why I asked the Walker Kessler question is like, I'm yeah. trying to like gauge like the kind of impact he could have. And obviously Kessler came in and was incredible from day one. And, and like, I, I, I hear what you're saying about not being able to do that, but I think the, the Mitchell, Robinson comp is, is interesting to me. Cause like, yeah, I mean, he's just such a good rim protector, which is like the thing you need the most. And I think the thing that's still the question, even if it's Dwight Powell and Rishon Holmes is like, 
you don't have that physical presence when Kyrie and Luca are at the point of attack. And that's still the concern for me. And that's why I'm like, when can Lively be on the floor enough? Well, uh, and, and so and the make- crazy thing that, with him is like, he can be versatile. Like you can go out, you can blitz ball screens with him. You can play at the level, you mm-hmm. can drop. Like he's able to do a lot of different stuff. It's just, I think physically it's going to take a little bit of time and skill set wise, it's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I look uh the, I, I'm with you. I think this is a lean over. Wouldn't hate anybody that does it, but probably a stay away uh, for a variety of reasons that, that we all laid out. Okay. Let's go to the reigning NBA champions, the Denver Nuggets. Yep. 53 and a half is the number this season. They won 53 last year. Their expected win total was 49. Mm-hmm. Their offensive rating was fifth. Their defensive rating was 15th. Uh, their pace rank was in the bottom third of the league. They did win the title last year, as we mentioned. Uh, again, not a particularly strong strength of schedule last season, which you would expect from a good team. This team lost a lot of their bench depth. They lose yep. Bruce Brown and Jeff Green. Uh, they bring in a bunch of rookies and Justin Holiday. And this is the most well-set, well-functioning starting five in the NBA with Jamal Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. I'm assuming the way the bench will work is that they elevate Christian Brown into the Bruce Brown-like role. Mm -hmm. And then they have Peyton Watson move into like the Jeff Green, Christian Brown role. And then they have Reggie Jackson play as the backup point. And... Then Zeke Naji, Julian Strother, and Hunter Tyson and Jalen Pickett kind of fill in around the cracks. Uh, I, th- I think Justin Holiday might sneak into, especially just knowing how much yeah. Michael Malone likes vets and like Justin Holiday's use. I th- when I looked at it, I was like, all right, like I think him and I think him and Peyton Watson, Peyton Watson, kind of trade off that little Jeff Green thing. They might they might play Chanchar still like, you know, like he was, he's, so in he's, the he's hurt. He's hurt. Chanchar oh, is, he? is out. Yeah. He okay. tore his ACL. Oh, so. okay. Duly noted. Um, yeah. Then Zeke Nashi and all those guys that you mentioned. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think holiday probably is in the rotation just because Malone likes vets, like to the chagrin sometimes of nuggets fans is like, he played Jeff green a ton because he just trusts that Jeff green's not going to make mistakes. And the thing Michael Malone hates the most is dumb mistakes. And so yeah. I don't know. So like, I would just expect it, but yeah, I, I'm wondering though, last year was the first year in a long time. And this is my concern with this win total. Last year, first year in a long time, the bench without Jokic wasn't a catastrophe. Like the on off splits yeah. weren't hysterically bad. You know, like it used to be like plus 15 minus 13. Like it was like crazy. Yeah. If Bruce Brown's not out there to kind of glue this thing together, if you lose that, you lose Jeff Green, you lose some of this, like, and you have more young guys in the rotation, do you get that variance back? And does the bench become a thing you're mitigating again? Because that was the one thing, and obviously, especially come playoff time, they did such a good job tightening that rotation down to eight. Yeah. But, like, we know Malone's going to go pretty deep in the regular season. 
And I think they're going to need to go deep because I think he's got to figure out who's going to be in the playoff rotation. Last year, I think he knew pretty quickly. Basically, as soon as they moved Bones Highland. I think once they moved Bones and once they were just like, once they really started playing Christian Brown a lot, that was kind of when you realized like, okay, like he's, he's the last guy in because he was the eighth man. And so I'm just, I'm interested to see because they got to figure out seven and eight again, you know, like last year they, they had that figured out. And if they're doing that, how much does that come at the detriment of wins in the West that has gotten stronger around them? I agree. I also wonder in that vein, like from really March and April, I would say, maybe even a little bit into February, this team was quite messy on defense. In large part, it felt like because Jokic took some time to like, almost like actively recover it felt like to me he it's to me it's the whole reason like i did not like he ended up third for me in the mvp is because like his defense for the back third of the season was quite poor in the regular season and he's the best player in the world like i'm all for it like Nikola Jokic is unbelievable and i i don't mean this to disparage him it was very clearly a smart sound strategy but like they started playing drop with Nikola Jokic clearly to actively conserve him. And like, you just can't really do that effectively. Like he's not a good enough drop defender. He needs to play at the level. Uh, He's just much more effective that way. And and I wonder how often they kind of go to that now, knowing that they just have the juice for the playoffs at this point. Like how often do they try and like let Jokic actively recover? How much do they try and just kind of experiment with the bench a little bit? Also, I say this like slightly joking a a little bit. I feel like we don't know what Nikola Jokic gets up to in Serbia every year, really. But my man is having a blast right now. He's turning it up. I'm all for it. Like truly, like he should, he deserves it. He deserves to party every, you know, not every night, whatever he wants, whatever he wants to do. Really? Like, I don't know if he's partying every night, but like he, if he wants to do it by all means, my man is having a blast. Like he's dancing. He's He's singing singing songs. Yeah. Going to his, uh, horse races, like the whole thing. Truly. I don't mean this disparagingly in any way. I'm all for it. I, I'm interested to see how how he comes back. Like, is he just like gonna be fucking incredible from day one? <laughs> he might. I mean, here's the thing: is like he really might be. He like, really I, I'm not saying it's like is a certainty. I'm saying like yeah. you know, no, it's interesting. He might just be great. Also, within that, is there a smarter player in the NBA in terms of understanding what's going to keep him fed than Aaron Gordon going over to watch horse racing in Serbia with Nikola Jokic? <laughs> And realizing, like, I'm just going to make best friends with that guy. Yeah. He is my yes. meal ticket. Like, Aaron Gordon is getting paid, what, four for 80 right now? It's, it's like, yeah, 490. It's in that ballpark. Yeah. He's making $20 million a year to be the best fourth option in the NBA. And, like, for years, Aaron Gordon, part of his problem was he didn't really want to embrace a secondary role in Orlando like part of his issue was wanting to be like on the ball guy. Him figuring that out in Denver one has was what I, I think 
along with the additions they made. But him figuring that out and embracing that role won them the title because he was unstoppable in it. And he is unstoppable in it because like, if you're focused on Jokic and he's just an insanely smart and good cutter and like, is going to get found every time. Like he, the way he plays off of Jokic is, is so perfect for a, for a four and he's so versatile defensively, but like, go make friends with that guy. Go to Serbia. Say like, I'm going to come out. We're going to watch the ponies together. We're going to have a great time. Will it, what music do you want to listen to, man? You got the aux cord. I'm not going to take it from you. You're the, you're the big fella. You know, we're going to listen to your, your Serbian music. I don't know what the hell's going on, but I'm going to act like I'm having a blast because I know what's going to get me fed next year and what's going to keep me in Denver as long as you're around. It's brilliant. That's 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 so, bas- that's basketball IQ to me is Aaron Gordon saying I'm going over there. By the way, the player who had the second most wins added to the Denver Nuggets last year uh was Aaron Gordon in the regular season, uh, according to EPM's uh, he was incredible. model. He, he was, was awesome. Like was a borderline all-star last year. Like I gave, like he was in my top 20 mm-hmm. or so for the yeah. all-star race when I did all-star candidates. So by the way, here's the other thing. If Nicole, if I have $20 million, I'm making $20 million a year and Aaron Gore or uh, Nicole Jokic asked me to come out and watch the ponies with him. Brother. I'm on the next flight, man. Brother, I'm there. Like, <laughs> Give me a give me uh whatever I gotta what's, do to get out there. What's the what's the what's the Uber situation from Belgrade to Sambor? <laughs> you tell me. We got car service? What are we doing? How are we getting there? You tell me. Look, I would never bet this under in a million years because I have too much respect for this team. Sure. I, I lean under. I do too. This. I do too. I do. Well, I think there's there's the championship hangover potential there's the figuring out the bench. This is the only team that, that we will talk about where I don't think we will mention the starting lineup in terms of basketball. Cause we know exactly what they are. Yeah. Um, the only question is like the perennial, like, is there another step for Michael Porter jr? I don't really know if there is, I don't really know if Denver cares at this point, if there is another step for Michael yeah. Porter jr. That's the only like maybe kind of interesting thing, but like about the starting unit. But even so, like not really. Pending health, they have a shot at this number, but there's a lot of factors that make me think they are going to probably be a 50 51 win team. Um, I am interested though, they saw last year the value of home court. And I wonder if they, they, they were pretty far ahead. And they, they, when they peddled off end of the year and Jokic was taking that time, you know, actively resting on defense, all that, like they had a pretty healthy lead and weren't really worried about like Memphis or Sacramento leaping them. Yeah. Seeing the value that that home court gave them, I do wonder because it is, it's the best. I think, I think the Nuggets in all of pro sports, including the other Denver teams, just given the nature of basketball and how you fly in day before, day of. Best home court advantage in all of sports. I wonder if the thing that would scare me off of betting the under is if they're in a tight race with Phoenix or with Golden State or whomever, I think they probably pedal down a little more than the defending champ normally would. Because I think well, it, I think they yeah. understand the value of that. But here's the thing. 
I think that they can get home court and might not have to go over this number to do it, given how deep true. it is and given how yeah. well dispersed the talent is. Like, you might be looking at a 53 again, number one seed in the West, because that's what they were last For year. sure. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying if it is if it does become like a two horse race between like them and Phoenix or somebody yeah. like that would be again I'm just saying this is one of the reasons why it's not an actual bet beyond the respect thing yeah. is like there is a chance that they would not coast into the playoffs in the way that you yeah. normally see teams of that caliber who have proven it do so. And to be clear to like Denver fans, this means nothing in terms of like their potential playoff like. No. Uh, run. It means nothing yeah. in terms of anything else. This team's going to be great. This team has every chance to win a title as long as Nikola Jokic is there. Purely, we're looking at a number here and trying to decide if they're going to go over or under. This team oh, yeah, is, great. to me, we're very not- clearly the favorite for the one seed in the West. I just think there are like probably a couple more pathways to like a hangover-y yeah. 51-52 wins as Again. opposed to like a you know, 55, 56 win team. Well, and that's the other thing. It's like, we're not, we're not sitting here saying like, Oh, here comes the 45 win season. It's just like, yeah, 50 is, I think 50, 50, 50 to 52 is like a super reasonable expectation. Probably most likely. And like 54 and a half is out there too. So it's like, it's a high number. It's a lot of wins, especially as we're going to go through this. There's so many teams that are above, that are like projected above 500 in the West. There are a lot of great teams in the West. Let's move on, though, to another yeah. team that matters here, the Golden State Warriors. Their over-under win total is 48.5. They won 44 last year. Their expected win total was 45. Eighth-best offense, 17th-best defense. They ran the second-fastest pace. They made the Western Conference semifinals where they were eliminated by the Lakers. They had a bottom-10 strength of schedule. Uh, obviously, the big move here was the Chris Paul for Jordan Poole uh, trade that also saw them move guys like Patrick Baldwin and Ryan Rollins. Additionally, uh, they lose Dante DiVincenzo, which is an enormous number uh, of minutes that he was just able to sop up on the perimeter. And they bring in kind of a young group of Brandon Pajemski and Trace Jackson Davis. But more importantly, I expect more minutes from guys like Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, even though they're also going to have minutes in the regular season from Gary Payton, the second who was not mm-hmm. there the whole year. Um, I'm intrigued by this number. I, I think that it's just kind of right at the mm-hmm. end of the day. And I think the, the, the big wild card for me is like, I just don't know how this Chris Paul edition is going to go. And I don't know how the warriors are approaching the Chris Paul edition. Yeah. Do they see him as, like their long-term backup point guard answer when that has been like a real question for them, or do they see him as a like stopgap contract, kind of like how they saw the D'Angelo Russell thing where they knew they had to get off of the pool deal. They mm-hmm. took on the Paul deal. That's essentially an expiring contract that they can move mid season if they want to for something else, or do they like really love Chris Paul and want him to be there? when stylistically Chris Paul has consistently played at one of the slowest paces in the NBA and the Warriors always played at one of the fastest paces in the NBA. There are just a lot of, there's a confluence of a lot of factors there that make me not sure on this one. Well, the other thing, Poole played all 82 last year. He was there. He was the guy who was on the floor every night. Like they have to replace that. And like Steph tends to miss some games. Chris Paul tends to miss some games. 
Clay Thompson tends to miss some games. I'm the, the guard rotation, like I see the playoff depth, but if we're talking regular season depth, there's some questions because like you said, Dante was an innings eater um, and Jordan Poole for all of the issues that he had last year in terms of efficiency and all that. Part of the reason was he was out there all the time because they yeah. needed him to be out there all the time. And sometimes that was running the show and that was a tricky thing for him. And that was a, you know, that was a, a thing he clearly wasn't quite ready for. And like, was a, a thing he's going to have to continue to grow into if he's going to be that level of player and, and, and caliber star. But like, that's a, that's a question I have in terms of regular season. Again, if they can get this group to the playoffs, they're fairly terrifying. Like, because they're the Warriors for one, and they have Steph Curry, who's a top five player in the NBA and one of the, you know, best playoff performers we've seen in a long time. I just, there is a concern about regular season wise, like there, there could be some lulls if guys are out. Um, and like, like if Steph misses some time, like, do you really want Chris Paul playing? Like, do you want to burn the tread that much? And like, they also recently have shown they don't really care where they come into the playoffs at. Like they are, you know, we talked about Denver would probably still fight for the one seed. Golden State clearly doesn't care. They have punted on it a couple times now. Like they've been like, yeah, we'll see Memphis. We'll go to Memphis and beat them. I don't care. You know, like they, they barely, this past year, they were like, yeah, we want to go to Sacramento. Like Draymond literally said that because he was like, it's a short trip. <laughs> like, you know, like they were, very much they don't care where they go they have that much confidence i i don't know like i i don't know if this is a, this is not a team that i want to like invest in and over but it's also a very scary team to go under against because if they are healthy like they could cruise to 50 like we know that like if they just if everybody's yeah. playing they can cruise to 50 if and if if the paul if thing tickets, is like if the chris paul thing works really well yeah and their bench unit is like you're able to play Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, and then like Gary Payton, Moses Moody, and Kaminga like take leaps. Yeah, they. I like they I like could, Dario. There's, there's a world where this team looks way deeper mm-hmm. than what it did the last couple of years too. Yeah, uh, honestly, like this is a stay away for me. Yeah, but I'm like, it's definitely a stay away because I don't know if this is like their final iteration of this roster in a big way. Mm-hmm. But like. I'm kind of leaning over a little bit. Yeah. My, I, so the number I had was 49 and a half and that was scarier. Um, I have written down no play lean under at 49 and a half. 48 and a half is extra no play. Um, even less of a lean under I, again for other, I just don't know how much they care about winning a ton of games in the regular season. I, I yeah. I'm interested to see, like you said, like I like the Dario addition because he makes a ton of – and he'll be better than Jermichael Green was. Like I feel pretty confident they, in that. They might kind of have to win games though. Like they right, might because have to of try – To get out – to avoid the play-in. Well, to avoid the play-in, yeah. But like also to try and integrate all of these sure. relatively newer pieces. Like Moses Moody played in the playoffs last yeah. year for sure. Comedian. But they they need to like integrate him more into the yeah. rotation. Jonathan Kaminga did not really play in the playoffs last no, year. He had stretches last year where I thought he was like pretty good. He was. So 
especially defensively. Yeah, you need to actually like be more willing to like integrate these guys into your rotation. I think in a real tangible yeah. way, there might be some like experimentation. Like uh, honestly, I wonder if they do some weird shit where they try and experiment with like Jonathan Kaminga at the five, Gary Payton at like the point of attack defense lineups, where it's like. Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Gary Payton, and Jonathan Kaminga. Let's just like fucking go nuts to get just, Draymond Green and Kevon Looney a blow. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's obviously you know another thing is like, can they you know how much are they trying to keep guys fresh for the playoffs and like how do they figure yeah. out how to balance all that? Because again, like they know how important Draymond Green is come playoff time, and they also forever they have been dependent on him and Looney to be in the lineup to keep their defense afloat. But I'm with you. Like if you can figure out a way to piecemeal a bench lineup that doesn't become a sieve defensively and they have better defenders now on that unit with Peyton kind of in with Peyton in there and Kaminga and like, you know, Chris Paul is still annoying uh, in his own way, like on defense and like, there's some interesting and like, if you have clay out there, like there's a lot of interesting things you can do with that unit that I don't think Steve Kerr's had. So I'm with you. I'm intrigued by the versatility that they can throw out there mm-hmm. defensively, which isn't something they've had in a little bit, uh, a little bit of time. But again, I mean, my my thing is like I just, I don't know. I I also don't think experimenting with lineups is necessarily super conducive to winning a ton of games. Yeah. So like that doesn't scare me off of you know if they're trying to integrate young guys more, that does not scare me off of uh, an underlean. S- but if they take a leap, obviously it could. But so, so here's here'd be my one prediction for them. Yeah, I think they will finish in the top half of the league defensively. Like sure. they will get better than what they were last year defensively, yeah. and they have Steph. Like they'll be good offensively. Yeah. So I, I think that oh, it's I a stay it. away for me because there are too many moving pieces. But my lean here is over. Where, where are you going to finally sit here? I'll I'll do a slight lean under, but again, it's it's just I think their main guys tend to miss games, and I don't know how much they care about finishing the season off with a bunch of wins to try to like close out seeding. Like if if they yeah. feel like they've got a top six locked up, I don't think they go pedal to the wire. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Let's That's move. it. Houston Rockets next. Oh boy. This one is uh this one's a wild ride, Robbie. Uh this is a 31 and a half number. Uh 22 wins last year, 23 expected wins, bottom four in offense and defense. Uh middle of the pack in terms of pace, absolutely did not make the playoffs. Uh the big the big addition here that I did not note on this graphic is that Ime Yudoka is now the coach and Steven Silas has been waved off into the sunset. Steven Silas, genuinely every single person you talk to across the NBA will tell you Steven Silas is one of the best people in the NBA. And he's like a great human being. I thought he was one of the worst head coaches I've Mm. seen in a while uh, in the NBA. And that is a real upgrade for this Rockets team to me. Um, It's probably like we've seen Ime. Like I think Ime is like a pretty good, coach mm-hmm. i don't know if he's a great coach i think he's at least like pretty good mm-hmm. they also bring in fred van vliet dylan brooks 
Jock Lawndale, don't sleep on that. Like this team Solid did addition. not have a backup center, and Jock mm-hmm. Lawndale is able to play twenty to twenty five minutes a night and be totally good out there. And he could step into the starting lineup with ease if Alperin Sengun misses time. Mm-hmm. Like this team is actually pretty deep now. Yep, they have like I think there's a chance that like Amen Thompson is like their ninth man, and Jeff Green, who they just paid like eight million dollars a year to, is their tenth man. And Jay Sean Tate, who's a pretty good basketball player, is like their 11th man. This is a good team. Tari Eason would be like one of the best prospects on any team in the league. He's like the fourth best prospect on this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Maybe even the fifth best prospect on this team, depending on what you think of Shengun, Jabari Smith, Jalen Green, and Amon. So mm-hmm. like... This is kind of one of the ones I really like. It's funny because I, I got buried by Rockets fans that listened to our free agency thing because we were like, there's a cap on this team as like, at best, like the 10 seed. Dude, that'd be great. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, like, are you kidding me? Rockets like, fans would be pumped if they're in the play. Dude, the 10 seed would be sick. And also the 10 so- seed would be like way over this win total. So here's here's my biggest thing that, with the Rockets. And that, I, like, I, I don't really over. have an answer to. Yeah. The, the thing that I don't really have an answer to is what they're actually going to look like defensively. They're going to be way better because last year was an abomination defense. It'd be hard to be worse. Yeah. They're going to have real infrastructure this year defensively with Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks there. Yes. Jabari Smith in year two. Jock Londale is a more versatile defender than what I think he gets credit for being. Tari Eason is going to continue to play his ass off and probably be a little bit more aware of everything defensively yeah. this year. Whereas last year it was just like controlled K or like uncontrolled chaos. This year yeah. it'll be more controlled chaos. Sure. Um, and Amen Thompson, I think can be a really good defender. And honestly, I kind of expect that as a rookie, that might be where he provides like real impact is mm-hmm. on defense, just being an athlete, being aggressive. And they miss Jay Sean Tate for a lot. Of, like th- on the perimeter, this should be a good defensive team. It's- I have no faith in Alperin Sengun no. defensively right now. Um, Rockets fans will tell you that he's not as bad defensively as what like you think. Also, Rockets fans know that I watch an inordinate number of Rockets games because I find this entire thing fascinating. And I think that there were a lot of I will I will tell Rockets fans, I think there were a lot of schematic issues mm-hmm. over the course of the last couple of years that really left Shangun out to dry. Uh, Jalen Green was one of the worst defenders in the NBA last year. Mm-hmm. And it was really tough. Kevin Porter, I thought, was not always the most like aware off-ball defender, and that could lead Shangun into some weird situations. Jabari Smith was just okay, I thought, defensively last year. Uh there were a lot of minutes with a lot of young guys that couldn't get over screens and they were playing this drop scheme often where Shengun was just kind of like getting hung out to dry and kind of stuck in no man's land. And it was tough. Like I, I'm, I'm contextually, I will agree with Rockets fans that Shengun was in a very tough spot defensively. I will also say that he is much, I think he's much better playing at the level kind of mm-hmm. like Jokic or, right. or someone like that. Yeah, He's yeah. really good with his hands, has good hand-eye sure. coordination and everything. I, I don't know if that's going to be what they do 
in Houston. Like, I don't know what the scheme is going to look like. If he's in drop, I don't like it. Yeah. And I think it probably won't work. If he's going to play more at the level, I think there's a chance it could work. And with Fred there, you know, there's a chance Dylan. that like having Fred like kind of chase over the top, like can work yeah. a little bit and like chase around screens. And Dylan is there now. Dylan's a much better yeah. defender, obviously. I think they're going to be better defensively. It's just mm-hmm. that the question is how much better to me. Yeah. I mean, I, the Shangun thing is obviously interesting. And honestly, I think maybe the most interesting thing is like, we know that Yudoka is a defensive guy and that's what he hangs his hat on. And like, how quick will he be to just say we're closing games with Jock if I don't trust Sengun defensively and I feel like in a close game, I need that over scoring. Like, can, can you imagine how much like Rockets fans, international fans of basketball will melt down if that happens? But like, he's not a, he's not attached at all to Shangun in the way that the old regime was. Like, he's not like. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, if you're talking about like this is a team trying to close out games and win games, if he decides I got the offense right, like I've got guys who can score. Yeah. out there. I don't need another guy who is an offense first guy. If he decides I need that. And this is the whole thing we talked about with their pursuit of Brooke Lopez was like the thing that was going to bring this whole defense together was an anchor and they still don't have it. If he decides that Jock's a better anchor, like would there be times I'm not saying it would be constant, but would there be times where if he says like, we need to take this step forward and win games. Yeah. Could he say, we're going to try closing with Jock here. Yeah. It could maybe at least to meltdowns, but like, I also don't think it's out of the realm of possibility and that could maybe lead to a couple. So, of I think he's going to try to make this team win as many games as possible. In oh, I totally that, agree with that. Because this front office think, wants to win games too. Yeah. Like, because this sure. is no longer, this is no longer all about evaluation. They still obviously will be evaluating there's still eventually going to be a consolidation of talent coming. We know this, but this is a team that's going to try to win games and Yudoka is going to come in there and he's going to try and win as many games as he can rather than just say like, we're just going to live with mistakes. We're going to do this. That just doesn't seem to be his MO at all. So, so here's the other thing that I think we can flip this conversation. Yep. Shangun has looked incredible in all of the international stuff we've seen yeah. this off season. Yeah. There like you hear people talk click. about him. Like he has apparently grown. Like okay. he's now more in like the six eleven zone yeah. now. If that's true, he might be better defensively and he might just be like a monster on yeah. offense. I mean like it could all click for him it, and it, this, is that all moot, this is all a moot point. Oh, if that happens, they're skying way over this number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're winning like closer to 40, I think, if that happens. Yeah. And Jalen Green, you know, takes a leap and Jabari is a little bit better. Like I'm fascinated by Jabari because like obviously we like yeah. summer league is summer league and, and you take for but like also if a second year guy who was supposed to be a star and had a tough first year doesn't come in the summer league and burn it down, you have real concerns, right? Like that's yeah. that's the that's the red flags waving. He came out and just was like, I'm the best player on the floor. And, and, by and I the love way, that from him. 
Do you know who the second best player I saw at Summer League was? Who? Tari Eason. Yeah. Tari Eason was unbelievable in those games he played at Summer League. Yeah. Like, I kind of was sitting there, and part of the reason that you and I did not love their offseason was because I was sitting there like, oh, like, I think there's a chance Tari Eason is better than Dylan Brooks, like, this year. And giving Dylan Brooks 490 when you have Tari Eason, who might be this dude, yeah. It's just like wild to me, but mm. I get it. You wanted to win now and like, look, Dylan's contract descends. Like there, there's a case for all of this that like Dylan is movable, yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Tari like is the guy that I'm most interested here. Mm. It, no, it's not. It's definitely Shangun, but like uh, this whole thing is fascinating. I love this Rockets team, man. It's, this it's is why really I watch team. Rockets games. This is we're fine. We're fine. You're through the mud. Like you're you're coming out. You're Shawshank Redemption here. We see the sunshine. We are through the sewer, and like there's a roster that makes some sense. What if Amen Thompson just comes out? It's fucking incredible. Like I mean, dude, there's there's a a chance chance. of that. Yeah. Like I look like from day one, he might be amazing. And again, like I got buried by Rockets fan because we were talking about how like there's a lot of questions because they they just didn't get Brooke and that was the the plan and like the knock and then the Dylan contract. I yeah, I'm not not on it. Look, but we, we cannot like the process and sure. we cannot love the moves and like not love that they didn't end up with Brooke Lopez yeah. and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Undeniably, this team has an immense amount of talent, and we're like we're I. Let's lock it up. No, like, I'm, it up. I'm, I'm all, I love this and I'm all in on it. Like, Let's it's lock fun. this up. Let's lock this we're up. Lock, we're locking it up. We're Let's going over. Up. We're going over. Somebody's got to win 36 games in the West. Yeah. Let's go That's what I'm saying. Is why, why not? That's the thing. Again, like my thing was like, I, it just like, okay, like you've made yourself a playing team. Like that was fine. But like, again, that's a huge leap. And here's and the other thing, fun. And maybe, by the maybe way, the for Houston, all... Houston does not own their first this year. Oklahoma yeah, City. So there's no reason to. Yeah, look, it's top four protected, but like it's a yeah. 50-50 shot if they keep that, even yeah. if they finish like dead fucking last in the league, right? Yeah, I mean, so Over. like there's no reason to. Over. There won't be a reason to pull. And again, like I, I'm with you. I think it's. The front office clearly was like, we're winning. And that comes from ownership down. They're like, we're tired of this. Yudoka's not coming in to make a lot of, like, he's not a guy who cares if he ruffles feathers. And I think that could be good for this locker room because they. But the other guy that won't let that, Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet, yeah. That's the guy we really haven't talked about a lot in this conversation. Mm -hmm. Fred Van Vliet is not going to suffer. No. Yeah, and any of this shit. Yeah, like I mean, like he's gonna the, the win. bench, the the little like clips of the bench last year where they're like snipping at each other and like yeah. it's just chaos on the like that's not gonna happen this year. Like it's gonna yeah. be a functional organization. Like it it, sh- it should a, be. It should be like that's a step forward. All right, yeah. and then like talent wise, like you said, like I dig it, and like. I am firmly like I'm, I always am the guy pumping the brakes on this idea that like young guys just keep getting better and better and better and better. And everybody just takes off. I'm like progress, not linear, all that, whatever. Yeah. They've got enough shots at shots at it that like, they just need two of them 
to pop, yeah. right? Like, and that's the whole point of doing the build the way they have, right? Is like, if all of them hit, sick. Like, you've built a really good team immediately. But like, yeah. if two of them hit and you start adding some vets, you're competent. Totally good. So yeah. if it's Jalen Green and Shangun who pop and Jabari just kind of mild increase, awesome. If Amen is needs to take his time, that's fine. Maybe Tari takes a step. Whatever it is, like I'm with you. Shangun's the one that takes this from maybe an over to like if he's really good because that's just the position they don't have another dude. Like you said, like Lan- Jock's a guy that you know twenty minutes a night. You're pretty twenty twenty five a night. Cool. Like he can do that. Yeah. But like they just don't have another guy that they could plug into that spot. So he needs so. Shengun needs to be the guy that really takes the lid off of this. But even if he just kind of plateaus, if a couple of the other guys take steps forward, they've already added the talent in in Fred and Dylan to like definitely lift this team into the into the thirties. And if you think they're going to win in the thirties and it's thirty one and a half, over. Okay, look at the let's options. go. Let's go to a let's team take- that I'm not optimistic about. Oh God. Let's take a quick commercial break before we get into the the non-optimism portion of the Robbie Callen show. We're talking about players securing the bag when they get drafted in June. I need to tell you about securing your internet connection with NordVPN. What is a VPN? It's a virtual private network. A VPN reroutes your traffic through a remote server, encrypting it in the process. This is going to hide your location from your ISP, hackers, and from other people looking to get your data. Everybody knows that I watch as many movies as I can. I think I've probably watched like 40 or 50 this year already. Some movies are blocked in Australia. It's really hard for me to watch them. Uh, For instance, uh, anybody who's tried to get their hands on Godzilla minus one recently knows that it's basically only available in Japan and you need a VPN. If you want to go to like Amazon prime or something to be able to watch it. So when I'm blocked from watching a movie in Australia, I just queue up my VPN. I change my location and it unlocks a category of movies from all of my favorite streaming services. As somebody who's always on the go connecting to public Wi-Fi is a necessity, but it's also just a goldmine for hackers. That's where Nord comes in creating a secure tunnel for my data to travel through away from prying guys. There are other benefits to Nord as well. Your browsing history is yours and yours alone. Your virtual location is masked from those who seek to track your every move. It's like having a force field around your online identity. Nord VPN also goes the extra mile with threat protection. Malware, trackers, dodgy ads, they're all going to get blocked. It's like having a shot blocking big around your devices 24-7. Game Theory is offering an exclusive deal for NordVPN. You're going to get four extra months and up to 75% off subscriptions. Just head to nordvpn.com slash game theory, G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y to claim your account. Plus, with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Go to nordvpn.com slash game theory to claim your account, nordvpn.com slash game theory. Guys, I can't emphasize enough uh, how much I use Nord every day of my life. Uh, 
Nord is a fantastic sponsor for us. So go support Nord. And it's a great product. So nordvpn.com slash game theory. All right, we are up. The Los Angeles Clippers, uh, their win total over under is 46 and a half. Mm-hmm. They won 44 last year. Their expected win total is 42. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the 16th best offense, 18th best defense. They were bottom six in terms of pace. Uh, made the playoffs, had one of the weaker strength of schedules in the league. And I just, it's a weird team. Look here. I will start here. Please. If you told me Paul George and Kawhi Leonard were both going to play 60 games this year, there is no way this number goes under. Correct. If you could tell me that, and by the way, They've never done up until Kawhi Leonard's little struggle in the playoffs with his knee, which I guess was diagnosed as a torn meniscus uh, at the time. Two games after he did it. The Clippers are. He played a lot. Like he played. He played a lot. Basically their entire like last two thirds of the season. Like he played 47. Uh-huh. Of their last, I and think what about, it was. And what about Paul? Like fifty-seven ga- fifty-seven games. Like he played a lot. He did. They got a hundred eight games from those two, which I think is the most that they ever played together in a yeah. Clippers uniform. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of games. Like, <laughs> it's, a, that, it's a lot. Fifty-seven, yeah. fifty, fifty-eight, and fifty, or fifty-six and fifty-two. Yeah, is what I got. It's... Like, I, look, maybe maybe they do it, but like I'm done with Lucy and the football here. Uh, I like I'm not. I've played the what if they stay healthy game for three four years now. I'm just I'm just I'm out. I don't like the vibes of this team. Like it's just it feels stale. Maybe they go get James Harden and alleviate some of these concerns, but like, what are they giving up to get James Harden? Does James Harden play a bunch? What, like, I don't. And the thing is, I like, you know, like Zubach is good. I like Norman Powell, like, maybe conceptually more than in reality, but like, I, I love the idea of Norman Powell. Russell Westbrook was good for them. Like that was a good version of Russell Westbrook. He seems yeah, more like on board with the general concept. Like again, the Clippers are the ultimate like the the pieces all are greater than the sum of the parts. Like it it just has always been that way. And I just can't like Marcus Morris getting old it seems and just doesn't have the juice like there are certain games where he might knock down six threes but that's about all you're hoping for nico batum is going for a last ride here bones highland does he help you win basketball games i like terrence mann still but sometimes terrence mann just doesn't play for five games 
not because he's hurt, but because he's just not in the rotation. Yeah, they just like kind of sit him. They're just like, hey, yeah, no, we're not playing you. Uh, Rocco just like disappeared last year. Yeah. I don't – I just can't get get on board with what the Clippers are doing right now. Yeah. And like I'd like to be wrong because, again, like Paul George seems like a good guy and like seems like a guy that we should, you know. Seems like the best – like honestly, like I'm I'm all in on like Paul George. Paul George seems great. Awesome. Kawhi um, Leonard, like I, I like Kawhi. I love watching Kawhi Leonard play basketball. I love watching Paul George play basketball. This is the crazy thing. I love watching those who play basketball, and I find myself not really enjoying watching Clippers basketball. And I can't figure out quite what the disconnect is, but it's just. I think part of it is because I like watching those two play play, but like it sometimes just becomes. Your turn, my turn, your turn, and it gets stale and nothing moves. And I don't know, man. I'm just also like, let's be realistic about this. They played under a thousand minutes together last season. Like they played 990 minutes together last season. Do you know how good they were when they played together? Sure, they were plus eight. I'm sure they they were were unbelievable last year. Such a good. I mean, like, look, we talk about great star pairings. They complement each other so well. They know their roles in a way that most star duos struggle with. Like Paul George gleefully will say, I'm number two. Like how many guys as good as Paul George who have finished third in MVP will go, yep, that's me. Yeah. It works. They just can't be on the floor together. I, I just, for me, there's not a lot to talk about with the Clippers unless they go get James Harden. Then there's a whole fascinating world of like, what the hell does that look like? And, th- and that's then maybe the I'm other... back in on watching it. And that's so like, this is a stay away from me, but like, if this is the team I would lean under because I just don't trust them all to be on the floor. Yeah. Look, this is a total stay away from me. I think you kind of have to lean under just because of the health aspect here and because of the age of a lot of these guys. And we've had a bunch of different opportunities to see this. Like we've had potential to see this now for many years now. And it just, Hasn't happened. Hasn't worked. I will say the potential for James Harden getting here and having a lineup of Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard sounds fun on paper. Fascinating. Like Like, fun, fascinating. Like I would love to see it. (laughs) If all four of those guys are healthy, that is like the most interesting lineup I can remember in a long time. Uh, It would be incredible. I don't know how it would work. I have truly no idea. Like, that's it the thing. Be unbelievable. It could be a train wreck. Everything is on the table with that lineup. That is three alphas and Paul George. Like, Paul George would be the only one who would be like, yeah, man, like, uh, not me. And, and Paul is better than And James Paul's Harden better than two of them. Us. Like, <laughs> that would be Paul George is so much. Here's, here's the other thing, too. Like, oh, look, he's stupid good. Kawhi- I've talked about Kawhi Leonard. Like I think Kawhi Leonard was one of the five best players in the NBA last season when he was on the court. Um, he was in he was, he was fucking so he, also, he, he couldn't miss season. from three. Like it was stupid. Yeah. That little line drive shot. Like he was unbelievable. Also, Paul George last season. I think the second or third most points per game of his career. Great. Had a plus true shooting percentage. Did it on great efficiency. Like, awesome, awesome, 
awesome defender, continues to grow as a passer and playmaker. Paul George, when he's on the court, keeps getting better. It's like, stupid. And still is. they won 44 games and had an expected win of 42. How, Sam? How does this happen? I don't like, get look, it. We can't sit here and say that Paul George's ceiling you know, is what it was when he finished third in MVP when he averaged 28 points per game and was like probably one of the three best perimeter defenders in the game. But like he is he is not as far off as what people would believe no, right now. He I is just, so good. This team has a chance to be so good. And they could win I the title. If him. they won the title, I would not be surprised. However, if they won 42 games... I would not be surprised. And that's probably the more likely outcome just because those guys don't tend to play more than 50 games. It's just, it, it, and it sucks because again, like on paper, this Clippers team on the, for a number of years, you've been like, man, this is great. And it has never come together. And I don't know what exactly it is. Like, I don't know. Like, Ty Lue just hasn't been able to piece together rotations. He hasn't been able to figure out how to keep everybody happy. I don't know. And it seems like it's really interesting because it seems like for this team, the issue is keeping all the others happy rather than keeping the stars happy. Cause the stars are pretty self-contained like Paul Jordan, and Kawhi Leonard, when they're on the basketball court, like they're never like really like pouty. It's everybody else who seems to not be able to figure out that like, is unhappy with their role or like wants to be on there more or like thinks that they should be out there. And like, that's a unique challenge that I don't think Ty Lue has quite been able to crack the code of. And I, I, I just, it's hard for me to trust with no changes to the roster. It's hard for me to trust that like that change. Like, again, like I like the idea of KJ Martin, but like they've got a billion wings. Why did, What's he gonna do? How many games he gonna play? Is he gonna play three games and then not and then sit for five? Like they, you know, like I don't know. Like he would be a nice tenth, twelfth man on most teams, but like I don't know if he even cracks the rotation. I don't understand much of anything with the course. So let's move on. Yeah. Sorry, let's move on. Okay. Next up, the Lakers. Who, by the way, uh, I made these you know graphics here, and they're fun, and I enjoy them. Uh, Luckily, I made these ones after Christian Wood signed. Did not make the offseason ones <laughs> before Christian Wood signed. So, you know, just a little bit off. But Christian Wood uh, signed here. He is in addition, along with Gabe Vincent, Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, uh, Jalen Huchfino's on this team. Their win total is 48 and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won 43 last year. Their expected mm-hmm. win total was 42. They were 20th in offense, 11th in defense. Third in pace of play. They made the Western Conference Finals. Bottom 10 in terms of strength of schedule as well. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. This team won 43 last year. Started 2-10. and 10. Yeah, they started terribly. 2-8. and eight. Dennis Schroeder like, played a lot of minutes. Do you know who led the Lakers in minutes last season? No. Um, Reeves? Dennis Schroeder. Oh, Dennis. 
Dennis played the most minutes on the Lakers last season. Troy Brown played a bunch of minutes. Lonnie Walker played a bunch of minutes. They played 2,700 minutes of a Russell Westbrook and uh, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly that just were not working. They had 1,900 minutes of Wenyan Gabriel and Thomas Bryant on the court. Like starters will play like 2,400, 2,300 minutes if you don't miss time. So they they have gotten rid of a lot of like a lot of things that weren't working. Let's yeah. call it that, right? They what, had the best record in the West post All Star break. Yep, post and post deadline and all that. Yep, and I don't know necessarily what the starting lineup is going to look like outside mm-hmm. of Austin Reeves, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. I assume yeah. those are the three that are locked in. Right, but they could start Gabe Vincent or D'Angelo Russell. They could start Rui or Jared Vanderbilt. I don't think they're going to start Christian Wood personally. No. Um, it, AD doesn't want to play power forward again. Yeah, look, part of why they were so good last year is that AD played center and like embraced playing center. And I would hope he's willing to do that. But if they want to have centers like they Christian can. Wood and Jackson Hayes out there, they got a couple eat up minutes, be innings eaters. Yeah. Totally good. I get yeah. um, I want to be on the over for the Lakers. Mm-hmm. It's a stay away for me because there are just a lot of new pieces here and I want to see how they're all going to integrate. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, LeBron has missed some time over the course of the last couple of years. AD is obviously just a walking injury risk in many ways. Um, From a talent perspective, to me, this is a top two or three team in the West pretty clearly. Yeah, I'd say three with Phoenix and Denver. Yeah, Denver, Phoenix, and them. And then, and there's a and then Golden State. They, yeah, there, there's yeah, a chance this team could be the number one. They're really good. I think in the West, they're going to be really good. Yeah, it's just a lot of yeah kind of factors up in the air from the lack of continuity of the pieces involved here yeah. with these additions, uh, especially to the bench unit, and also with the injury risk with like an older team that we will have to see on. Yeah, they got 111 games from LeBron and AD combined. I think you can't really bank on much more than 120 at this point. Like 60 each would be a a solid year. Like LeBron has just started to have those little hammy groin, you know, just miss a few weeks and then have to kind of manage it on back-to-backs. And like that's just become a thing that he deals with. And then AD is AD. Um yeah, I'm with you. I lean over. I definitely, you know, the Lake. It's funny because like the Lakers and the Knicks for years have always been like, all right, like their total tends to be inflated because people like to bet the over. Yeah, but like we said, I mean, we we hammered the Knicks in the East because I think that was actually low, and then this one, I, I'm with you. Like I, there's a path to this going really, really well. Yeah. for the Lakers. Like there's, there's a pathway where like they have, like you said, like the first half of last year, that roster was just a catastrophe in terms of construction and, yeah. you know, how guys fit. Like Gabe Vincent allows you to basically have D'Angelo Russell insurance on the nights that he just doesn't have it. Yep. Right. Like that's 
that's the thing is like it gives it gives Darvin Ham the opportunity to play two solid perimeter defenders together, which didn't happen a ton. Yeah. Uh, you know, like he would be it would be Dennis and Dennis and Austin. He now has Gabe and Austin, but like you can balance that a little bit better, and Gabe gives you some offensive pop in terms of his own shot creation. Rui continued to grow once he got to yeah. LA and really kind of found a comfort level and a, and a role that he seemed to really embrace and, and be pleased with in a way that didn't happen in Washington. Um, like I said, this was a team that won a lot of games the, the second half of the do, season. Do and, their win pace was after the trade deadline in the regular season. Wasn't it like, it was like, it was high fifties, right? It was like 58. Yeah, it was high 50s because they were like 19 and 7 or something like that. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, they were 19, 19 and, and 7. That's the exact and 7. number. Or 19 Look and 8, it. I'm sorry. They were. 19 and 8. But yeah. Close. Yeah. Uh, they were really solid. And like. And they made the Western Conference Finals. They which, made the Western Conference Finals, which was a, a, a good run. And the other thing was like, there are a couple spots that are still maybe playoff concerns. I still like D'Angelo Russell, like what he is come playoff time. D'Angelo Russell's a, like a good regular season point guard. Yeah. When teams aren't just like scheming for you nightly, I think this is something that can get lost. Well, he's, like, he's now their fourth man. Like they, they don't sure. need him. Sure. And like, but on nights where, but he gives them somebody that maybe in the nights LeBron's gone. Yeah. Like he's a guy that can go be, okay, he's number two now to AD and he can make that work. You know, like there's, he gives them that dynamic that they didn't necessarily have. And like, that's his value, particularly in the regular season. I totally understood why they brought him back. And I think Gabe Vincent, the insurance for me is more come playoff time is like, it can be a quicker, like D'Angelo doesn't have it. Get him out. You know, like he's just not going to be part of this. Our main, like he's going to, we'll put him back in for a few minutes, but like we're going to lean on Gabe and Austin as our backcourt. And like I think that's a versatility that that they didn't fully have last year. Um, yeah. They're also just they're just fucking big. They're like gigantic. that's the thing. They are gigantic. They are huge. Austin Reeves like they, and D'Angelo Russell are both like six foot five. LeBron, Jared Vanderbilt are both like six nine. Anthony Davis is six eleven with like Rui, a condor wingspan. Rui six nine. Rui is 6'9". Christian Wood and Jackson Hayes are both center-sized. Like, Gabe Vincent is the only small on this team. Yeah. So, like... They also have some shooters. Like, Torian Prince is, like, a knockdown... Like, knockdown guy. guy. Reeves has become a good catch-and-shoot guy. Like, uh, Vincent's at least a willing shooter in a way that Dennis can... I think... Well, I think you'd be happier when, when Gabe is firing than Dennis. Uh, even if he's not a, a super high efficiency guy, like he's willing, yeah. Rui, willing shooter. Like they, they figured out some things that they hadn't, for whatever reason, figured out in the years that they've had LeBron. I still don't understand how yeah. last offseason happened. I don't understand. I don't either. It doesn't it make any did, sense. And it resulted in like total disaster. I, anyway, I'm kind of talking myself into this there you go. being like a real over. There you go. Um, and look like people know I'm not the biggest like Christian Wood fan. No. Uh, I like him 
on a three million dollar deal. Yeah, like yeah. if he's backing on like up minimum backing up Anthony Davis, I, I think that that has oh, a chance definitely. to work. And if it and if it doesn't work, you get rid of him. Like mm-hmm. that's that mm-hmm. totally works. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the exact role that you want Christian Wood in, yeah. in my opinion. And like I uh, and maybe maybe it, he doesn't buy in, and yeah, you just get rid of his ass. And by the way, like another piece of insurance, they actually have like a lot of insurance here for situations that could come up. I'm kind of talking myself into this number a little bit. Uh, We'll, we'll see at the end, whether or not this is like a full scale, like we're in, but solid lean lean for now. Yeah. Uh, Let's move on. Let's get to the end here. Um, Halfway through. Jesus. Yeah. Next up. Yeah. We've gone long this time. What a shock. Yeah. Right. Memphis is up next 46 and a half. This is just a, like weird number because John Morant is going to miss 25 games to start the season. Uh, They won 51 last year. That was their expected win total as well. 15th in offense, second in defense, fifth in pace of play. They were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, Strength of schedule 29th last year as well. That's a number that kind of popped in my mind. At least I can't imagine that division, right? Like that will be similar though. Again, like, the Pelicans will be better. Dallas Spurs, will be better, but they do Rockets. get eight Rockets Spurs game. The Rockets will be a lot better. Rockets though. better Spurs. Um, it more interesting. It's just, but... Yeah, it's just kind of hard for me to believe that any team in the West is going to have that easy of a schedule again this year. Yeah. Um, they'll also lose Tyus Jones, uh, despite John Morant being out 25 games. Marcus Smart comes in. That's their big addition. The Ty Jones for Marcus Smart trade. They also brought in Derrick Rose and Josh Christopher. I, this is a weird number because it's a weird situation just with everything surrounding John Morant. Um, I'm expecting the way that this will operate is that Marcus Smart will start regardless, mm-hmm. basically, and they will definitely close with like a Morant, Bain, Smart, Jackson four. And then like the cool thing about that, those four is you can surround them with literally any player type and it completely works. Um, Let's, let's start here. How how big of a deal for you is it that John Morant is out for these 25 games? The, to me, my question is how much time does he still end up missing for various injury things? Because he always misses time, and they yeah. always do well without him. And part of that was Tyus Jones. I am – because if you told me he only misses six, seven games on top of that, mm-hmm. they can go over this number. If he still misses, so If he still misses 12-plus – then it becomes a little tighter. But the question is, can can does when Ja come back, does this help him maybe stay healthy? Or it, are his are his things just like the way he plays play style and you just end up running into you know Flunky injuries and stuff tweaks like and stuff landing yeah. and funny stuff like that. That's my that that is the question for me and the reason this is a stay away. Because he all he's he tends to miss 20 ish. So like 25 is not like a crazy number on top of that. Like he, he he'll miss some games 
and they know how to navigate that. For me, it is, does Steven Adams stay healthy? Because they struggled without Steven Adams last year. Like, they were, they were still solid, but especially come playoff time. Like, what he does in allowing Jaron Jackson to roam and be his best version of himself yeah. is, I think, highly underrated. Yeah. Do, uh, do you know what their net rating was last year when Steven Adams was on the court? Very high. It was plus 9.9. Yeah. Like he's super important and it's not because of crazy production, but I think it's what he allows everybody else to do. Like he is the guy that grounds that unit in a way that allows the, the creativity and the athleticism to thrive around him from guys like Ja and, and Jaron, particularly Jaron. And he also takes the heat off of Jaron to deal with the big post guys. And on top of it, like Steven Adams missed that time near the end of the year, obviously. Uh, Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson only played 400 minutes together last year. Do you know how good they were in those 400 minutes? Oh, I'm sure they were unbelievable. They were a plus 13.7. They only gave up 107.4 points per 100 possessions. They're so good. Because, again, like let's say Jaron makes an aggressive rotation and – somebody gets kind of loose. Like yep. Steven's going to be at the rim. Like it's, it's such a rare thing to have an elite rim protector like Jaron Jackson Jr. Who, when he misses on a gamble, you don't get killed at the rim. Yeah. There's so few, there's so few teams that have that luxury. 100%. And so for me, if Adams can stay healthy, even while Jaws, particularly while Jaws out, if they can just have that group of Bain, Smart, Jaron, and Steven Adams, and I would assume you bump Luke Kennard up just to have the shooting. Yeah, I'm not well, totally sure what they're going to do know. with the I'm, starters. I'm, really I'm assuming, yeah, that like Marcus Smart starts. Becomes the de facto point, point guard. And he's the point guard. And they'll run some sets with Bain and everything. Yeah. I'm kind of guessing that that's just the starting backcourt and they maybe go with a wing. Like it could be okay. like a Zaire. It could be a David Roddy. Like if it's somebody like Jake yeah. LaRavia or John Concher, that wouldn't yeah. blow my mind. Like they, the, the Grizzlies are the best at doing like weird shit. And here's the reason. And it could be matchup dependent. Like they'll, they'll do weird stuff, three guards when they can. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, all of the signals to me point to this being an under, it's just that I have so much respect for like the institutional organizational yeah. like competence yeah. of the Memphis Grizzlies that I can't get there. I've tried to go under on them a few times in the past and it has not worked for me. So I'm just yeah, I'm no. done going under on the Grizzlies. So I agree. Well, it's a lead under for me. Don't, don't get it twisted. Well, but, sure. But I'm, I, I, I'm not going to advise betting on it because they just have a way of figuring shit out when it comes to like cobbling together lineups and they still have a really good four like Bain yeah. smart, Jaron and Steven Adams, just really good. And that is a nightmare defensively. That's a like, sick four, like good fucking luck, like yeah. just dealing with that. And that's why, that's why I think it might some nights be canard just to give them a little more shooting juice. Yeah. Um, because they still have the size and strength to deal with whatever, like, Smart and Bain aren't super tall guards. And obviously Bain's whole thing is that he doesn't have wingspan, but like 
they're super strong and physical like shit, they man. will this beat you this is up. the most physical team Dude, can league. you imagine can you imagine being like all right like i got i finally got past bane and smart they've been banging me around cool i just ran into steven adams <laughs> At the rip, like he just he just stood there, and I ran into him. The guy Crashed that Jimmy, the guy that Jimmy Butler said sets the hardest and most painful screens in the league, and he doesn't like getting screened by. Jimmy Butler went on record saying that. Okay, like Stephen Adams has like a special level of strength that nobody likes in the NBA. No. Like I always love. Uh, I don't know how often you see like the the clips from like KG's pod or like the Knuckleheads pod. And they'll just talk about guys that had like stupid strength back in the day that they just hated playing. Like Stephen Adams is going to be that guy that every like player podcast talks yeah. about in like fifteen years. Like he sh- he had no business being that strong, you know. Like it's he his was. country strength, and you're just like it just hurt every time you get in the lane. And like, yeah, this team's going to not be fun to play. I know that. No, they're not going to be fun to play in a good way for them. That might lead to regular season wins. It's a stay away from me. Agree. I wonder where the offense comes from at sure. the end of the day, but sure, sure, sure. It, it is a stay away from me. Um, I, I lean under. Let's move on. The Minnesota Timberwolves, 44 and a half. They won you can get 43 and a half. They won 42 last year, expected wins 41. 23rd in offensive rating, 10th in defensive rating. Uh, Pace seventh. They did make the playoffs after winning a play-in tournament situation. Uh, they lose 1,800 D'Angelo Russell minutes, a bunch of Jalen Noel minutes, uh, Torian Prince and Austin Reeves. They bring in Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., and uh, the icon, Leonard Miller. Weird team. Let's start there. 100%. We still have no idea whether or not the Carl Towns, Rudy Gobert things, thing works. Because unfortunately, Towns we didn't see games. it a lot last year. Yeah, like games. so theoretically, you're getting a ton more Carl. You're theoretically getting a lot more Carl. Last year, when those two played together, they played 530 minutes together, according to play-by-play stats. They had a plus 0.4 net rating. Do you know what their offensive rating was, Robbie? Not good. It was 109.3. Not great. Uh, they never figured out how to make the spacing really no. work. It just, and, I think it brings out the worst in, in Cat. I well, think it now, brings out his worst, his worst tendencies to park it outside. I agree. And now Anthony Edwards is the dude here. Like, I'm there's sure. just no question. There's no debating it. And that was the case by the end of last season, too. I think this could go – I think it will go one of two ways. This is either like a play-in team or it's a team that finishes like in the top four or something in the West. Like if it works, it will really work, I think. Yeah. But they, I, they found something near the end of the year last yeah. year with like playing Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert together. Uh, they had a plus six net rating in the 1,100 minutes that they played together as yeah. like kind of the pseudo – you know, four or five with Jaden. Yeah. Like the other thing is like Jaden McDaniels might be playing for a contract. He still has not signed his extension. Don't punch there's walls. Jaden. A lot of, there's Pro a tip. lot of mouths to feed here. Pro tip. Pro tip is right. Yep. Do not punch walls. Don't punch walls. You are an Even incredible he, defensive player. 
They needed you. <laughs> like, they did need them. They, they have a great seven, and I think they can figure out like an eighth from Shake, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and Troy Brown. Yep. And Jordan McLaughlin can be like a totally competent backup yep. point guard. I, I, I kind of want to go over, but like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are just way too many moving pieces here that like could totally derail this. I want to go over because like I believe in Ant. Um, I believe that he is making the leap into being one of the best players in the NBA. I think he will be more consistent next year. Um, like he had the quote pretty early last year where he was like, I know on the scouting report it says I don't show up the day after a big game. Mm-hmm. Like and he wanted to change that. And I think he did a better job being consistent as the year went on. And I think USA basketball has helped him with that uh, as well. This fly is killing me. Uh, I think Towns, something I was talking with somebody about the USA basketball thing and, or the, the FIBA thing and Towns playing for the Dominican Republic. And we were trying to figure out like what was going to be the best thing for him. And the thing that we came up with was like the dude has had a really rough personal last few years. Yeah. Obviously with his mom's passing, he's dealt with injuries and illness. Like he missed all of camp last year because he had that he got sick. Um mm-hmm. he has had just a really tough time. And I think it certainly seems like he had the time of his life playing for the Dominican. And I think that as much as the basketball value of him being coming into camp in shape, him, you know, getting a chance to just kind of be the guy again, which is, you know, I think can give him some good vibes. I think him coming into the year, happy, healthy, and just in good spirits is something I don't know if we've seen from Carl in, in quite a while because he's dealt yeah. with the personal stuff. And before that, he had the Jimmy stuff, which kind of clouded over his head for a long time about Jimmy just basically calling him soft. Sure. That is my pitch for the over. Is you're going to get the best version of Carl Anthony Towns. And I think even in – Again, like I don't love the fit with Rudy. I never have. I always thought it pushed him to the perimeter too much. And he's really good in the post and he's really good down low. And I think it takes away a lot of his value offensively. However, I think if you're getting an engaged and happy Carl, I think he might be more malleable to a role in a way that he might not have been previously. You've kind of sold me on this. Yes. Let's go. I got You've, buried by Wolves fans a few years ago. So like You've kind of sold me on this a little bit. Let's go. Wolves over. Come on. Wolves and Rockets over. Let's get the fan bases that hate me on my side. <laughs> Let's go. The two fan bases that have yelled at me the most over the over the game theory podcast history. Over. So here here's the other fun piece of this as well. Mike Mike on, Conley and Nas Reed Rudy Rocks. Gobert. Nas reads the best. Uh, Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert last year, they played 600 minutes and had a plus 3.4 net rating in the minutes that Rudy Gobert played without Mike Conley last year. They were a negative 1.4. They will have Mike Conley this year. Mike Conley knows how to get the best out of Rudy offensively, especially. 
this might be an over. This actually just might be an over the more that we talk about it. And this has nothing to do with this has nothing to do with what we've talked about with Anthony Edwards, who is like potentially an all NBA player this year. If Anthony Edwards is an all NBA player, you have Rudy Gobert, you have engaged, excited Carl let's Towns. Call it, let's call it sixty five games a cat. Big per plus you have Jaden McDaniels, who is like one of the five or six best perimeter defenders in the league. And he played every game last year until he punched a wall. Okay. Uh, is this just an over? Let's like, go. We Rocket, just... Rockets and Wolves are locked in. Okay. We're, the the, the Callan special. The Callan fan base special. Let's Turn me it. up. Let's go. Okay. Right. Wolves Maybe, over. We're in. to find out who yells at me this time. Probably yeah, the Warriors. Who's going to yell at Probably us. the Warriors because I leaned under despite saying Maybe. I didn't want to take it. Okay. So this this is going to be a team that might yell at us. Uh, oh, the Pelicans. No. So. God, I love so many guys on this roster. So do I. So 44 and a half is the <laughs> number. Uh, they won 42 last year, expected win total 46. So Correct. right in the middle of where they should be. Uh, offensive rating 21, defensive rating 6th. Pace of play 14th, lost in the play-in, easier strength of schedule. Again, that weird conference. conference that we're division, um, yeah. Losses, not much. Additions, like Jordan Hawkins maybe comes in and like plays hey, a little bit here. Jordan Hawkins keeps that thing on him. He can put it up. Face the hell out of the floor. He was fun in summer league. Here's the thing. Hoist. They might need him because <laughs> Trey Murphy is out for 10 to 12 weeks, according to Woj. God, Trey Murphy and took a step two last year. I think there's a case that like Trey Murphy, outside of Ingram and Zion, Trey Murphy is the most important guy on this roster. Yeah, but he's, the, he's their floor spacer. He's all they got in that that role. Yeah, he's there, like because because like, Herb's not doing that. Dyson's definitely not doing that. So so what we're doing now is we're probably talking McCollum, Herb Jones, Brandon Ingram, Ingram, Zion, Val. That gets that gets real condensed, doesn't it? Yeah, and I'm intrigued to see what that looks like. I mean, you go back to interesting. Zion's like incredible season, mm-hmm. right? Where he was just like absolutely amazing and wrecked the hell out of worlds and looked like what maybe one of the five best players in the world, maybe one of the 10 best players in the world already at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I would, I, I, I don't think he had her, like, he didn't really like have herb at that point. So do, how much does this condense the floor? How much does this make life harder in some way, shape or form? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, I, I truly don't have an answer there. Uh, well, it's 20, it's 2021, not 2022. I'm like trying to remember back now to what that looked like with Zion and like some of like the non spacers they had out there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it gets it gets tricky to me. It, it gets get, real, it does. real tricky. It's again, Do you know how many minutes Zion and Herb have played together in their career so far? Twelve. The answer is, uh, let's see here. Let's get last year's numbers involved too, because Zion played a little bit last year. It's it's not many. I can tell you that. Um, is it triple digits? 
It's probably triple digits. Yeah, it's 380. And it came early in the season when it worked and everything for the Pelicans was like amazing. Yeah, they were cooking. Well, we had had the over last year. I loved it. We were rolling. Like we were all in. Not get home. We did not. Losing Trey. Wheels came off. Losing Trey is a big deal. Yes. I don't know what to think of this. Uh, this is a stay away for me. The, the dog, the dog also doesn't know what to think of it. Um, stay away. Just, be, I mean, again, like Zion is in like Paul George, Kawhi Leonard territory for me of like, I'll believe it when I see it um, in terms of staying on the floor oh, and even, and even worse than them. Like he's just, so, never so here's there. the thing. I'm with you on that. Zion looks like he's in like awesome shape and is he like, did last year working too working out really hard and like doing all of that. He did if he pl- like if and when he plays, he's going to be incredible. It's he just like how, how often, how long, and like it just it feels like he just has that feel of one of those guys where it's just kind of a time bomb where you're just like, all right, wins, and it sucks because he, like you said, he was a top ten player when he was on the floor last year arguably better. And so it's just like, if this, and this is, it's to me, this is very much like the Clippers thing. It's like, if Zion plays a bunch, they could smoke this number. They were great last year until he went down. How many games Zion? Yeah. They were first for a while. First, how many, for a while, how, how many games does Zion have to play for this to go over? 60. If, Tra- if Trey's going to miss as much, if because I don't think they're going to get off to a super hot start if Trey's missing time. Yeah. He and played, if, he misses, he played if Trey misses a month He's of, missing, this, of the actual season, month and a half, yeah. month and a half, month, month and a half, and then also he has to get back into game shape. So you're talking yeah. about late November, maybe you're kind of feeling full strength. And that's if everybody else is good. Like the shooting is a concern. Hawkins might play just because they're going to need somebody who can knock down shots. The defense could be solid. Again, I think the defense defense was great last year. Defense should be like the defense will be good. good. I like like again. I like a lot of the names on this roster. I just don't trust a lot of the names on this roster to be on the floor consistently enough. So this is a. Stay away with a lean under just because I, I, and I don't want it to be, but like also somebody in the West has to lose some games, man. Yeah. That sucks. That's and if Trey, like, and like if Trey ends up missing a little bit more time than that, like meniscus injuries can be mm-hmm. fessers. Mm-hmm. Let's go with, mm-hmm. um, or if he's at like less than a hundred percent, a that'll be terrible because Trey, you know, is in the midst of a potential extension contract year. Yep. And B, I, I love this team. I want them to go over. I can't do it. I, uh, I can't. I can't quite get there with them. I, I love the defense. I love what they have potential to be on offense. Cause they like figured some things out was like, like Zion on the ball last yeah. year. 
Like yeah. you basically just like run like ball screens with him and then you have CJ spacing and then you have Trey spacing and like you just make it work. They, they if if Trey Zion and Brandon play something like 1500 minutes together, mm-hmm. this goes like way over. No, they could they could again, they could smoke this. This is a really good basketball team. Yeah. And it's 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 another one of these these teams and it's like that it just it just sucks that you you can't really believe trust in it. it. Can't trust it. And you can't trust that they're going to they're going to be out there because like and again, I think it goes to, you know, we talk about how deep the league is. Like this is such a good basketball roster. Yeah. And, comes down to like who can put their guys on the floor more sometimes. Like straight, it really comes down to who is like, healthy. You're talking about if you're talking about, if you're talking about New yeah. Orleans versus Minnesota. It's it to me that argument comes down to like I I kind of I kind of think Minnesota has their guys more often. Yeah, I trust Anthony Edwards to stay healthy, right? As opposed to Zion, and it's just seen him really get hurt yet. You know, and so it's just that's it. Like that, those are the margins at this point. Like if they were both fully healthy, you could talk me yeah. in the Pelicans absolutely being better than Minnesota and like by, by, by a little bit, like you could, if they are just 70 games of everybody, like in an ideal world, we just get that from everybody. Yeah. yeah. But they, that's unfortunately not the reality we have. Yeah. Okay. Lean under, but Oklahoma very, City. very strong stay away. Yeah. Lean under, very strong stay away. The Oklahoma City Thunder are next. 44 and a half is the number here. They yeah. won 40 last year. Really lost nothing. Uh, they lost Mike Muscala and Darius Baisley minutes at the five, right. which is important right. because they're getting Chet Holmgren at That's the five. Right. Yeah. And they also have Kaysom Wallace. They have C.A. Mitzitz. They have... Whatever happens with the Bertons and Oladipo deals, they have Jack White coming in. Isaiah this, Joe just shoots that thing. Yeah, Isaiah Joe is like their ninth man now. Mm-hmm. Kenrich Williams will be there. Mitzitz should be really good. Uh, yeah, I'm fascinated to see how how that how he is. Kaysen, Usman Jang, Alexei Pokashevsky, uh, <laughs> Trey Man. Like they have all. I, you know dudes. what? I was waiting for I, I I was waiting for you to to I'm waiting for you to just stump for Poku to be like the seventh man. Oh, I'm I'm ready. I'm, just, I'm, just I'm ready. The, the I'm ready, willing, and speech, able. The stump speech for for Poku. This uh, that that first game where Poku goes for like twelve <laughs> and eight. You better believe I'll be on this bench podcast. Chat. Bench chat. Yeah, bench chat. It's time for Poku <laughs> to assume his rightful inheritance. How much as do the you center think- of the Oklahoma City Thunder? How jealous do you think Masai is of all the length that Oklahoma City has put together? So I don't know. With better Canadians. I've talked. Oh my God. And they have the best Canadians. I've talked a lot about. I think there is a very clear fundamental difference in their front offices in terms of the way they operate. In ter- like the Thunder value skill processing in size. Yeah. The Rocket or the Raptors just want like athletes at size. Yeah. And they think they can Billy teach Knight's, the skill Billy development Knight. stuff. Billy Knight yeah. was ahead of his time in Atlanta. I've said this for years. Billy Knight wanted to produce – he just wanted everybody to be six foot nine. But this is why I'm a lot more interested in the Thunder than sure. I am 
the Raptors. What the Raptors are doing because they've combined it with skill and size. Like Jalen Williams is fucking amazing. That dude is incredible. Chet Holmgren is the perfect center for what they want to run. So excited. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Is he? By the way. Where, where, where are you on? Where are you on him sneaking into this top 10, top five in the league business? I mean, he just outplayed Luca. He just beat him up. Uh, he's he's there, friends. Uh, he uh, he is a how many point guard? How many point guards in the league? Player. How many how many point guards in the league better than him? Maybe Steph. I would take Steph still. Steph and look. Lillard, what? when he played last year, was, oh, he was really good. He was unbelievable. He was incredible. He was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think mean, he's close. But, but, like, but Shea's up there. He's, Shea got way he better on defense, too. Better. And, like, the stuff he does isn't – like, none of it's fluky stuff either. No. Like, that's the thing is, like, he's – it's funky, but it's not fluky. I think people confuse the two sometimes. Like, you watch him, and you're like, how does some of this work? But then you watch him do it over and over and over and over and over. Shea is like undeniably in the Luca class mm-hmm. of player mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. We need to talk about him as such. He, he is so unbelievably good at basketball. Dude, he can score been... at will. Oh, yeah. He is a good, like, he is a solid defender now. Yep. He rules. So the thing totally. that's really impressed me about him is like he has that crazy free throw rate. Yeah. But he doesn't feel as reliant on it as some guys are that have that super high free throw rate. Yeah. I think he just he has so much versatility at, at every level of the floor that it's like I feel like he's more adaptable to a to a night where he's not getting the calls. Yeah. And like he still has that impact, and like that is, that's something that's super impressive. That not every guy that that eats at the line the way he does has. Yeah. Anyway, that was a lot to say. That's a lot of wins. The number is high. That's I would love nothing more than to be all in on this number. I'm with but- you. That's a lot of wins in the West, man. And For a young Chet's, team. Chet's addition solves their biggest problem last year, which was just like being able to protect the rim in a mm-hmm. real way. Mm-hmm. If he's as good as what I think he's going to be, they go over this number. Oh, okay. man. But, and by the way, like Jalen Williams, are we, are we worried that he's getting too jacked? Have you seen <laughs> Jalen Williams? No. Like, Are we on Muscle Watch? Videos? We're firmly on like hashtag Deep Muscle Watch. Shots the language. 2023. Good go. Uh, Jalen Williams looks like a brick shit house right now. He looks, he is the first NBA player that has ever looked like a middle linebacker. <laughs> I love it. I like Except he's six dude, foot nine. He's he's only like six six because seven point two wingspan. Here, hold on. Let me see if I can find pull one up. Pull pull up pull up one of these videos. Anyway, in the meantime, yeah, you do that. Um, I mean, I think if you're if you're like the question here is, 
do they have enough shooting, right? Like these are these like if we're talking about like what is the separator skills here for this team? It's like do they have enough shooting and that comes down to like how good is Chet spacing the floor because obviously they're kind of hanging their hat a little bit on that offensively. Does Dort continue yeah. to be the guy that he's been cuz like the defense is crazy the the like potential combinations they can throw out there of just arms and like size at the wing is like awesome but it it it's like okay like can they can they piece that together with the shooting to really take the next step because like yeah, I mean, if if this is what Shea is, which he, he certainly seems to be, he's just getting better and better and better. I certainly don't want to take the under, but I'm still always just a little scared of the young team that is still kind of learning how to win consistently and take that step. Like, it's one thing to take that step into that play in range. It's a whole other thing to leap that next tier of team, right? Which is what they have to do. It is a whole other level. It's one thing to jump the nine, 10, seven, eight guys. It's a whole other thing. Cause in the West, that means you have to get past, you have to be better than Dallas. You got to be better than, uh, Sacramento, who who took a leap last year, you got to be better than the Clippers. You got like, there's a lot of teams that they have to leapfrog in order to get to that 45, 46 number. And that's hard to do, even if I, you know, we're talking about this team being better than they were last year. Getting that next five wins on the record is so much harder than adding the 10, 12 they did last year. It is. I this is a stay away from me. Yeah. I, I'm saying over because I just love this Oklahoma City Thunder team and I can't do it. Uh, honestly, logically, I think this is probably in under, and I think yes. they probably are more like a 40, forty to forty three win team. They're like a five, and they make playing again, and they're going to be awesome. And, and if, and if you face them in the play, and they're going to be a miserable team to face. And they're going to be my favorite team to watch in the league. And I am so excited. And they have Shea and they have Giddy and they have like. What if Poku's out of the rotation? Like where, where, how does that hurt you in terms of your love of this uh, team? Like, would you take it personally or would you understand it? Oh, I would absolutely take it personally. And I I will call multiple people in their front office and say. And demand, uh, demand minutes at the end of games. Express my immense disappointment in, uh, this and yet i will also still this team has so many players that i love that it won't break me that's impressive <laughs> that's impressive knowing where you stand on, on as the really at this point one of the sole proprietors of poku island at this point you have gobbled I, up all of the land and you're just you're just you're never you're never my, my take on my take on poku has always been very simple there is somewhere between zero and 100 percent chance that he is a great nba player and that remains my take, and I'm super excited about it. Oh, um, let's move on. Let's Did you find on. the video the of Thunder, Jalen Williams? I can't Jack find Jalen? it. I oh, saw, come on. Yeah, we'll see if I can yeah, find it by the end of the podcast. Figure it out and see if you can uh, post it to Twitter or something. Yeah. All right, we have uh, a few more teams. Phoenix Suns, 52 and a half. This is a big number. 
It's a really big one. 51 and a half is out there. Uh, they won 45 last year, uh-huh. 14th in offense, seventh in defense. None of these numbers matter for this no, team it because they it's a acquired completely different basketball team. Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal, uh, in at least since February. Yeah. Lose Monty Williams, bring in Frank Vogel. Lose Chris Paul, bring in Bradley Beal. Uh, lose Tory Craig, Jock Londale campaign, bring in Eric Gordon, Bull Bull, Utah Watsonabe, Drew Eubanks, Chimezi Metu, Kata Bates, Jop. And by the way, also got sneaky Jordan Goodwin, guy that I like. Um, I love this team. Yep. It's a big number. <laughs> it's a big number, but do you remember how many games Kevin Durant played for the Suns even like after he came over? Oh, it was not many. It was like 10 or something. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. I This is certainly a lean over for me, and that's crazy given the West's strength. However, my concern coming into this offseason was like, how are they going to build out of the bench? And then they went out and had what I thought was a very good free agency in terms of like just building out some depth and a little bit of versatility for the lineups for Frank Vogel to like do some stuff with. Um, I thought they had a very – like. It's not a great bench, but it doesn't need to be a great bench when you have this roster. Like giving Eric Gordon for free basically is like, all right, like cool. It's nice to be the team that everybody wants to sign with. Um, And that was the thing that they could offer, right? Like that was the reason they signed all these guys is over, you know, the Bucks really struggled to add anybody on a vet men. The Warriors did all right. You know, they got Dario, but they also, you know, Denver couldn't get anybody to come in because they have an established top six. Yep. The fact that Phoenix had that fifth guy, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh was up for grabs, made them really popular beyond just having a good team. Like it was the role that they could offer. And so, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's a lean over. Because and also I'm kind of excited to see what Frank Vogel can do with DeAndre Ayton. Because I am too. I think he is a great coach for him. I hope he just shows him Roy Hibbert tape on defense about be tall. Because DeAndre, I've said this for a long time. One of his best strengths and is underrated is not many people are better at being tall than DeAndre Ayton. He is very. His posture, posture is unbelievable. Incredible posture. He gets all that like seven foot one. There is no slouching. Like KD is like a seven foot guy that like hunches up yeah. and plays like it. Aiden straight up in the air. Like he can get that verticality and basically be at the rim. I'm actually excited. Like that's the thing that not to be like weird, like hipstery thing, but like that's the thing I think it was most exciting about the potential for this Suns team is like it was very clear that Monty was just out on Aiton. Like he was just done with the dude. And like I think there were probably decent reasons for that. But I also think for Aiton, it's good to get a fresh start with somebody who, and Frank has said, and he's supposed to say this, but I think he genuinely believes like there's some potential to untap, to tap into. Um, and I'm kind of excited to see what he can do because Vogel has always been really good at coaching bigs. He has. Uh so my big questions here mm-hmm. are we totally buy Devin Booker as a point guard. I, I certainly do. 
Um, yep. But I want to ask you that, right? Like we think yeah. Devin Booker is going to be like, totally that. fine playing. I do, I do have concerns about like what the backup point guard situation is because they just don't. Yeah, like what, what happens if he goes down? Sure, sure. Uh, like a, there's there's real questions there because like then you go into point Beal, which didn't always go great in Washington. Yes. Yeah. So how many games does Kevin Durant play? Is how a big many games can he play? Yeah. Yeah. Certainly concerned, but like, I don't want to bet it, but like, I just, I can't want to go under because I mean, I just, the Suns team, and I know it's a very different roster, but like, dude, the Suns used to win like high 50s, 60s when they were at their best with like Paul and Booker. And like, I look at this roster, I'm like, they could. So, so here's, but th- those guys always, for the most part, not played. Chris, but like the other guys, they always played. Kevin Durant since 2019 20. Okay. Kevin Durant missed that entire season. Yeah. Uh, 2021-22 played 35. Mm-hmm. 2020 or 2020 2021, I'm sorry, played 35. 2021-22 played 55 and then last mm-hmm. season played 47. I think That's that the max I remember. Yeah. We can expect is 60, 60. for yeah, KD. Um and, and look, you will not find a bigger be. fan of Kevin Durant on the internet than me. I love the dude. I'm all in. He's like one of my favorite players to ever watch play basketball. Yeah. Point blank. If he plays 40, what do we think of this number? They don't go over this number if he plays 40. Yeah, that's fair. Because also, like, he is sneakily the linchpin to how they function defensively. Yes, he is. Because he is a very good point. He is such a, he is highly underrated as a defender. Yes. And I think. The concept for me that has me most excited about Phoenix as it pertains to the playoffs is like he can be his best defensive self because I think he will have the trust in Book and Beal to not necessarily go like, give me the ball. I got to go. Yeah, I got to go. I think he can be like what he was in Golden State defensively, which was an absolute terror bradley beal the last four years 57 60 40 50 in terms of games played yeah i think this is an under i think when they play all together they're going to be absolutely amazing and unbelievable and incredible it's just that they have to get to 53 and 53 won the west last year like you're basically if you're betting this over i think you would be better off betting them to win the west that's a fair point i think it's i mean well yeah that's I kind of forgotten how much Beal and KD. I thought KD was closer to 60. So that's Yeah. Like yeah, that's more and, and again, like I think when these guys all play, yeah, they're yeah, gonna yeah. be I a think they song. have a real shot to be the best team in the NBA. Like, I they think probably that's, are. So for me, frankly, that's the biggest difference between yeah. them and like a team like the Clippers is like they're not gonna like dick around and just like drop games the same way that LA does when their guys play. Like I think Phoenix with their main group together is gonna like mow through teams. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So I'll yeah, this is that's a stay away, but I don't know. I guess I'll I'll disagree and have some fun with a little light over. Okay. Lean Plazers. over stay away. Uh for the thunder. Ball. For the thunder, what were you? Thunder what was, was like a 
very slight lean under want to go over, but like that's a lot of wins. Okay. My principles were lean over, uh, yeah. stay away. Yeah. But uh, I love that team. I want it on the record, but it's a lot of wins. I, I, I'm a man of principles and I will just always run the Thunder over because I love that's that fair. team. Okay, wait, the, wait, uh, the, the Portland Trailblazers, they are currently unlisted here. Correct. For I wonder obvious why. reasons involving Damian Lillard. Mm. They opened at 37 and a half. If you got high. that number at 37 and a half. Good for you. Good for you guys. <laughs> like, my goodness. That's a, that is, that's, that might be free money for you. Yeah. It probably is free money for you. Um, it's a long-term investment, so I hope that you are able to get a lot on it. And you probably weren't, but no. yeah, it, it's probably free money. They won 33 last year, 18th offense, 27th defense, middle of the pack and pace of play, uh, strength schedule 14th. Look, we have no idea how much Damian Lillard's going to play, if he's going to play, what this entire situation looks like. I projected him not playing but it very well could be that he plays 2000 minutes for the blazers this year we have no idea what's going to happen with damian lillard and if he does not play this is a 21 win team yeah they're bad they're the worst team team. they're the worst team in the league i think it's the spurs for what it's worth oh sorry but yeah yeah, like second yeah 30 they do have a they do have a couple good adults uh yeah like i, I love, jeremy, I, love jeremy Grant's good. I think scoot's gonna be good Every i think jeremy green is good nurkic was quite bad last year he was um, that's, especially that's on defense so they're I, I i i still am not sure I, I think part of the sticking point with the dame stuff is they would really like to find a new home for that contract i wouldn't surprise me if that's a piece of it too um we don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we don't no. have a number. Uh, fascinating team if they move Dame. Like I'm, ex- I would love to see how Scoot Simons Sharp works. Yeah, highly they, they, athletic. A, as currently constructed, I think this is the worst defensive team in the league. Oh boy, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Matisse Thibault can only do so much. Yeah. And Matisse is like over aggressive in ways that tend to play poorly with, with other bad defenders. Type. Yeah, 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 hundred yeah. uh, percent. Th- this is this is a very bad defensive team that yeah. like th- they will be the team. I think that like this is a worse team than Washington for sure. I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Like we talked about, uh, Washington. I think they have, yeah. Yeah, um, but like the thing is, if you're a Blazers fan, you should not really care about that. You, you just want to see. Care. You just want in the in a good in like all you care about is does Scoot look good? Does Shadon look like he took a step forward? And like that's really it. Well, like, and the other the other angle here is like what did they get back for Lillard? Well, yeah, they yeah, yeah. do they get anything? And I don't know. So it's just like almost not worth talking about. But as presently constructed, this is the worst defensive team in the league, I think, and it's going to be ugly. I think their games will be quite ugly. Yeah. Okay. Next up, Sacramento Kings win total 44 and a half. Mm-hmm. They won 48 last year. Expected wins 47. Best offense in the league. Yeah. Bottom six defense in the league. Yeah. Uh, 
lost in the first round of the playoffs to the Warriors. Great series. Had the easiest yes. strength of schedule this past season. That's incredible. Lose Terrence Davis, Chemezi Metu, Rashawn Holmes. Bring in Chris Duarte, Sasha Vizankov, JaVale McGee, and Nerlens Noel, and Colby Jones. Ran it back. Top eight's going to be the same. Sasha Vizankov and Chris Duarte rounded out. Here's my concern, and I'm going to sound like a broken record because I've talked about it on like three podcasts the last couple of weeks. Uh, it feels unlikely to me that they are as healthy as they were this past season. Sabonis played 79. De'Aaron Fox played 73. Harrison Barnes played 82. Keegan Murray played 80. Uh, Kevin Herter played 75. Malik Monk played 70. Davian Mitchell played 80. Trey Lyles played 74. That's, That's incredible. Your top eight all over 73 games. That just doesn't really happen. No. Like, well, if you look at like the man games missed thing, yeah. uh, they missed like by far the fewest in the league last year. It like wasn't even close. It was like the Knicks, I think, were also up there, but yeah. they were like way ahead of the Knicks. Yeah, it's one of those things. And also, like any, even like mild regression offensively, if the defense doesn't improve, which I don't see how it takes a huge step forward. Maybe, maybe like second year playing for Mike Brown, maybe he can continue to instill some better principles, whatever. Maybe they make a mild uptick, but like, it's not like they added like personnel that changes the game defensively. Like I, I still believe in Nerland's Noel, um, but he also is never on the court. Um, but like, I still believe in Nerland's as a defender that helps a little bit, but not a ton. Any slight drop off from being the best, offense in like NBA history, which is hard to follow up and do it again is going to just make it a little bit tougher. And like, still think this is a good team. West got better around them. I think they still are, you know, going to be in the playoff hunt, but I think for me, it's a lean under. I think this is what I said on a recent podcast and I kind of stand by it and I don't need to spend a lot of time on the Kings either because I've talked about the Kings a lot recently. Um, I think they will be better when all of their guys are on the court. Uh Like Keegan Murray is going to be way better this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin Herter is going to be better. Like Davion Mitchell is going to be better. I don't think De'Aaron Fox has quite hit his ceiling yet. Like, I think they're going to totally work with Sabonis. I think getting Chris Duarte was a really sharp addition because he had good synergy with Sabonis in Indiana. Uh, Sasha Vizankov, I think, has potentially really great synergy with Sabonis as like a cutter. We've Mm -hmm. seen the way that these guys look offensively before. I just don't think they're going to stay as healthy this year as what they did last year. It's just very unlikely. Um, Well, and the health health is what can drop off the offense like if you miss time, uh, Sabonis yeah. is such a hub or Fox is such an engine that like those guys missing time yeah. naturally gums up the work some yeah so it's an under for me but it's not Lean because on- of the players or because mm-hmm. of the team it's mm-hmm. just the health factor like I think to me like the regression on that side of it yeah is just a little bit more likely this year yeah. uh where are you at on this lean under I, I'd stay away out of I guess kind of respect for Kings fans <laughs> just because don't like, I, well, I don't want to get yelled at, but not just that, but just like, I think, um, like you said, like they're, they're still a really good team, but like, yeah, with the West all kind of 
seemingly improving around them a little bit. Like it's just going to be tougher to win that many games again, plus the injury potential, like just missing more games. Yeah. I'm I think all. they win like, like 43, 42, 44. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm not, not, like they're going to be good. That, yeah. Over yeah. 500. They're going to have a winning record. Yeah. Uh, one team that will not have a winning record. San no, Antonio Spurs. Dude, it's 30 uh, and a half some places, by the way. Yeah, uh, their win total over under is 28 and a half. They were expected to win 22 last year. They, or no, they were expected to win 19. They did win 22. Uh, bottom two offense, worst defense, fastest pace of play, hard strength of schedule for them last year. Happens when uh, you're bad. Yeah, they lose Kata Bates, the uh, 1,200 Yaka Pertle minutes, which I think people are kind of overestimating the addition of Victor Wembenyama's, like, jump here when they also had 1200 minutes of like mm-hmm. a slightly above league average starting yeah. center already high end, high end defensive center yeah yeah uh vic is way better i think vic is already better than yaka Pertle. that's not my point my point is like the replacement value of the whole thing isn't quite as um yeah you know i have no idea if reggie bullock campaign chetty osman mm-hmm. play minutes for this team at the end mm-hmm. of the day uh, their starting lineup, something probably their top six, my guess, is Trey Jones, Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, Victor Wembanyama, Zach Collins, and Jeremy Sohan. I would guess pretty strongly that they start Zach Collins next to Vic because yes. I think they probably want to. I mean, we saw in, we saw in summer league they didn't Vic. play him at center. Like they they, they yeah. very clearly don't see him as that initially. Yeah, and here's my thing: this team will be better defensively if you have Zach Collins and Vic as your four or five, you're going to be way better on defense than last in the league. I don't think they're going to be a lot better on offense. Mm-hmm. And this is an under for me. Yep. I think it's a pretty com- comfy under for me, especially like I'd, at 30 and a half, which I think it was at MGM when I looked is that seems preposterous to me. Um, because like, it's not like they added vets like the Rockets did. Like they literally just, added Vic who is an excellent player but is still a rookie is very bad team, and is still learning how to do all of the things yeah so yeah I think this is an under and to be I, I think this is one we can move fairly quickly on because like yeah yeah I'm with you so I think how we- many the, the big the big question here is like additionally how many games do we think Vic plays? Because I think they will manage him pretty heavily. Try to manage him as much as possible, which is what happened last year. So he's played a long schedule before with Osvell in the year before his pre-draft year. And he got some like Nixon stuff throughout the course of the year. Like this past year playing for Metropolitans, he got like, you know, an average of five or six days between games, right? And because of that, it really, I think, helped him. And it was great for him. And, like, I'm all for these kids, like, not putting in a, an immense amount of wear and tear yeah, on their yeah, bodies yeah, when yeah, they're yeah. teenagers. It's just that I think if he plays 50 games, they have no chance to go over this number. No. Yeah. No, I'm with uh, you. They, they, I would be And I don't see him playing more than playing 60. Back to back. I'd be surprised yeah. if he plays back-to-backs and stuff like that. Like they'll they'll throw him out there for their kind of preposterous number of national TV games, um, yeah. and that's yeah, that's about it. 
under. Uh, I think this is a this is a play under. The other thing I will say is like you apparently now have to play sixty five games in order to be like eligible for awards, right? Do they want or is it now like yeah like do they does he want that more than anything, right? Right. Um that will be an actually interesting subplot. Yeah. And it's the same with Chet in Oklahoma City as well. It's kind of why I I just want to just like side note here. 65 games for awards consideration is too high, is too high of a minimum threshold. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel very strongly about that. And I think, especially for something like Rookie of the Year, I also um, think it's putting, there's so few times that it's mattered that it's like fixing a problem that doesn't exist to me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with it. it. It's very, very annoying. And maybe it's like not. For rookie of the year, I know that it's for all NBA and MVP, but we'll see. Okay. Last team here, I believe, is you. Oh, we made it. We made it. We made it. 35 and a half is the number. 37 uh, is their win total last season. They were expected to win 39. 10th in offense, 23rd in defense, pace of play, 11th. Strength of schedule 18th. They lose 4,000 minutes from Malik Beasley, Mike Conley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, and they bring in John Collins and their three rookies, Taylor Hendricks, Keontae George, Bryce Sensabaugh. I have no idea what their starting backcourt will look like. I would imagine Jordan Clarkson starts, and I'm not sure who the point guard will be. Could be any of Sexton, honestly, like Taylor Horton Tucker or Keontae George. Maybe they just decide to roll with the front court. You know, I, It'll be some mix of Lowry, Collins, Kessler, Olenek, I would Mm -hmm. think. It's a good, you know, seven or eight guys. And I think that they want to win. Like my my guess is that this team, they have some picks that like are out like of their own. Mm -hmm. Like I I would guess they would like this pick to transfer this year uh, Mm -hmm. in this not very good draft. And yeah, I mean the number seems right to me. Yeah. I lean under again. I keep part of it is like, I keep putting overs on the board and like somebody's got to lose some games. And so the jazz just feel like a team that is solid, but not like the ceilings just not as high as a lot of these other teams, obviously. And so it's just like, I feel like they're, they, they came out so hot last year and then like just kind of got to the finish line. We're resting guys. Obviously they were, you know, rightfully just kind of like, all right, let's shut her down. But, and like, I'm a John Collins guy. I like John Collins. I'm fascinated to see how it works with Lowry and Kessler. And like, I think it could, I hope he is able to kind of find that happiness in basketball again that he seemed to kind of lack last year like he kind of seemed yeah. really done with the atlanta thing well he, um, he got hurt too like it, it yeah he's banged up and awesome yeah so you know i hope it goes well i the guard rotation is concerning i think just in turn again in terms of like winning games and competing in the west with how many good guards are out there like in Everybody knows, like, I'm the Jordan Clarkson guy. Um, I, he is 
a very good version of what he is. But like, who's orchestrating this offense? Yeah, because like with Mike Conley, they had an adult running the show who was very good at that and setting everybody up. Without him, it got stickier, unsurprisingly. And they didn't really replace him this offseason. They still, Colin Sexton maybe takes a step forward, but like the playmaking for others, not the strength. Yeah. That's my concern here is like, is the offense capped at, what can Sexton Clarkston and Lowry figure out for themselves? And I think Will Hardy's a really good coach and maybe he can scheme them up into some stuff. But like, again, like I think there's only so far that can go without a table setter. This was my entire concern. Again, this is, this is a similar concern at a lower level to what I was talking about in Philly. If they trade James Harden, where it's like, they have these guys that I see how it can work, but do they have somebody to get them the basketball where they need to on time, on target. Yeah. That's my concern. I lean pretty healthily under on Utah. So, yeah, they won, I believe. They won 37. So, but I'm trying to look post deadline. It was like seven and 15, eight and and 16. Some of that was some light, light tanking at the end. Yeah, definitely um, some light tanking at the but end. But it also just wasn't as good. And so, like, I just wouldn't be surprised if this is a 32-win team. And, like, I'm with you so, that I don't think they're going to tank out of anything. I, there's not guys on the roster I see them trying to, like, flip. And so, like, I'm not worried about another sell-off. But they just never really replaced so they guys. they could move like look they could move Colin. Jordan Clarkson Jordan. is still really valuable he's, for yeah. teams he just likes it there a lot and I think there's Kelly Olynyk Kelly Olynyk's on an expiring now yeah. Taylor Horton Tucker's on an expiring now yeah. um, you know the John Collins rehabilitation project maybe that turns into a flip somehow like there are a number of avenues I think that where it could turn into that Here, here's ultimately my worry with Utah. Let's just run through the West, right? Yeah. Denver, you would definitely have a head. Phoenix, you would definitely have a head. The Lakers, you would definitely have a head. The Warriors, you definitely have a head. That's four, right? Yeah. Uh, the Grizzlies? Ahead. The Kings? Ahead. Six. The Clippers? Ahead. Dallas? Seven. Yeah, Minnesota, Dallas, uh, New Orleans. Ahead, unless it's a catastrophe health-wise in New Orleans. Yeah, so like that's ten or eleven right there. Okay, see. Um, Oklahoma City, I would have a head. Yeah. I here's then, the here's my thing. I think Utah is closer to Houston than it is to OKC. That's also where I'm at on this. So like, that's that's why I end up leaning under is because like if if Houston's at thirty one and a half. And Utah's at 35 and a half. Like if I'm looking at those two rosters and we think that we're going to see some steps forward from the Houston young guys, like I don't think it should be that far apart. I don't think it should be that far apart. What, what I would say is this though. I do think Utah is the best player of those two teams in yes. Lowry. Yep. Agreed. 
I just wonder, and I think like there's a real case of like Will Hardy is like I, I love what I saw from Will Hardy last he year. He was I incredible he last year. Awesome. Dialing. I think it's a I think it's an under for me. He got them to buy in. He got I think he maximized what they had. He got the most out of them. And like that was what they needed to be able to flip those guys around at the deadline. He did yeah. the job. He got them to buy in in a way that nobody really saw coming. Again, this is not to say this is a bad team, but no, in the not prospect, at all. In the prospect, but again, like I just, I just think they're closer to the Houston tier of like a team trying to win that's just going to have a really hard time doing it at a really high level. And for Houston, I think they can go over a thirty-one. If if Utah was at thirty-one and a half, I'd probably lean over. At thirty-five and a half strong lean under i think i just i just think they're in the mid 30s and there's so many more outcomes where they're under this typically teams that finish 11 12 13 in the west which is the range we're talking about for utah right now maybe they get into the playing conversation but i think we're thinking more 11 12 13 uh those teams are usually in like the 28 to 33 win bucket Exactly. You know, There's so somewhere in that range. go around. Like so again, and it comes back to for me, somebody's got to be losing some of these games. Yeah. And I have a lot of teams that again, the, the league's stupid deep. Like Utah is based on win total, right? They're projected as the fifth worst team in the league. Or so. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. This if this is the roster for the fifth worst team in the league, like that's pretty good, dude. Like we're pretty amazing. We're in a place that that is far away from where we once were. Like you, you look at look at the. uh, I'm trying to think of like an example of a team now. So like in 2021, the Hawks. That was the like Hawks. conference finals team i'm trying to think of like another trying to think of like a team from like maybe five or six years ago where there were like so like this orlando magic team won 42 games in 2019 aaron mm-hmm. gordon yvonne fournier nikola vucevic dj augustin was their starting point guard at 31 years old jonathan isaac uh, and Wessel Wundu started 13 games and played 18 minutes a night. Yeah. Like this jazz team is better than that team. Mm-hmm. They are better than that team. And that team won 42 games in 2019. The league is so much better now than what it was then. It is so, so, so much better now. And like, we're talking about the jazz winning 10 fewer games than that potentially. Yeah. It's just, it's tough. The math, the math's kind of math, man. There's a finite number of wins out there. There are. And the league is tough point, now. It's 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 brutal. And it's like it's one of the things I like about like we got you've got Phoenix, which is just like still trying to do the super team thing. But like, man, it's it's the, the talent level's really so spread out now. And like part of it is I feel like the high end talent has just the talent pool at that very secondary star level has grown. Um, because guys are just coming in better and like 
So you just, it feels like it's easier to get two really high end guys that are all-star caliber. Um, and yeah, man. And so you can build that through the draft. Like you look at a team like Boston that was able to just be like, Hey, we drafted these two dudes and they became awesome. You know, it's like simpler to do that. Um, and it's, it's awesome, but it does kind of suck if you're a team like Utah where you're like, hey, look, we've built this good team that's better than it was, you know, that's better than what a lot of people thought we would after we traded our two best players. And it's like, yeah, cool. You're going to win in the 30s, maybe the low 30s. In 2019, this Detroit Pistons team went 41 and 41. Uh, the Blake, That was the really fun Blake Griffin year uh, uh-huh. where he was like really, really good. Yeah, he was awesome. Andre... Andre Drummond, and then Reggie Bullock, Reggie Jackson, Wayne Ellington, Luke Kennard, Ish Smith, Langston Galloway, uh, and very, very young Bruce Brown. Mm-hmm. Like very, like average four points a game, Bruce Brown shot 25% from three, Bruce Brown. It's leagues deep deep and crazier at this point. So, yeah, pretty, pretty solid lean under on Utah, but not really going to lock it up because – Maybe they are weird and buy at the deadline. I don't know. Like they could do some weird it's, stuff. It's Daniel it's Ainge. Pretty close to me. It's pretty close to me to what I feel good about. Yeah. We, we okay. can put on the board. I don't think we've put an under on the board really. So if we'd like to put an under on the board, we can. Uh, we've we've got we've got a Spurs under on the board. Oh yeah, but, we do. Okay. Okay. Uh by the way, there are only 14 numbers here. Yeah. I have eight unders. Yeah, in the West, I yeah. did. I did well. Like me being Mister Positivity most of the time, like not wanting to like crush these teams. I ended up it's the off season. It's time for know. optimism. Yeah, like it. Okay, Dallas. Let's run through. Over. We both had a lean over, but ultimately stay away because we're a little bit too worried about the Jason, Jason Kidd, Kidd injury Jason. situations. Yeah. Uh, Denver. We both had lean under but really close just basically out of respect for denver it's a total stay away definitely not on the board uh for the golden state warriors i had lean over you had lean under yes but for but but a very strong stay away still very strong stay away for the houston rockets hammer it callan special hammer it get the rockets fans back on his side yeah turn jazz fans against me i'm sure we're both there. Right. We're both on the Houston Rockets over. Let's go. Um, Clippers, we're both lean under, but stay awake because we want nothing to do with that situation. Correct. Uh, Lakers, we kind of talked ourselves into the over on over 48 and a half. Yeah, brother. A little bit. Uh, Memphis, we were both lean under, but stay away. Uh, me and you were both over on Minnesota. We kinda, I talked you into that one. I talked you into that one. Like, yeah. That might be my, one. My cat, my cat spiel got you. It got me a little bit. It, it yeah. got me in the feels more than anything. Yeah. Uh, that's an over, and that might be on the board for yeah. uh, Robbie. Pelicans, both lean under. The Trey Murphy injury news sucks. It's a total yep. stay away. We want yep. uh, no. Hopefully Zion stays healthy and they smash this number. Yeah, we're, we're hopeful on the Pelicans. We want them to be great, but I want it's all the teams to be good. But they just yeah. can't all be good. That's the, the reality. 
for the Thunder, Robbie was a lean under. I was a lean over. My over was based on principles of just I, loving this I, Oklahoma listen, City Thunder I team. Listen, I want, again, another team that I would love to be all they can be here, yeah. you know? But my thing is that leap is the hardest one to take, in my opinion. It is. From play in to play off, which if they win 46 games, that's a six seed probably. So it is. Yeah, that's hard to do. Uh, Suns, I was lean under. You were lean over. Both. You kind of talked away. me out of. You talked me out of that one a lot. I, yeah. The injury. I didn't. Just for some reason in my head, it wasn't as bad. I think it's because they all have changed teams, and so I was just like, "Yeah, whatever." No, it's. it's tough. Yeah, I think that Suns team is going to be awesome when they're on the court together. Buzz it's off. just that I don't know what to do, and the number is like first in the West in That's terms really of the high. number. Yeah. If if you believe in that team. I would bet on them to win the West. Yeah. Like, I think that's, that's the move. Uh, Kings lean under for me. Same, same feel, but don't feel good about it. I just, but stay away. I want Kings fans to be happy. I know too many of them. They on the, on the interwebs and they're good folks, great fans. Hopefully that they still, hopefully they stay healthy and can have another year like that. But, Boy, it's tough to stay as healthy as they were last year. Yeah. And we think they have a winning record. We think they're going to be yep. good again. Yep. Uh, Spurs. Under. Both comfortable. Go, go, find, go find 30 and a half and smash it. That's a big number. A uh, and then Jazz, we were both under, but not one that we feel. Not not as not as strongly as Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Robbie. <sighs> our yearly project has ended. Four Gen- hours. Genie, you're four free. Hours. Genie, you're free. Um, it's always a pleasure, Sam. Thanks for having me. Always the best. We'll we'll do this again in yeah. like a month, so we can talk Mission Impossible. Hell yeah. Um, maybe yeah, I'll have you on twice do... in theaters just to yeah to get the vibes. What yeah. What what I'm trying to look at my podcast schedule. What do, what do I got coming up here? I, I've got at some point I have to do preseason awards like odds. Maybe, oh. maybe I'll have you on. Come on, talk about odds. Talk about it's, preseason it's awards odds. That are fun. Either you or Matt Moore, and we'll do that. There you go. Um, all right, Robbie, tell the people where they can find your work. Tell the people what's uh, going on. Yeah, you can read me over at Uprox. Uh, you can find me on all the social media things at our calend. And uh, yeah, man, ready for uh, ready for basketball, NBA basketball to uh, to be back here soon. But gonna enjoy one more month with a little bit of chillness before camp starts. Could not be more excited for basketball to get back. For Robbie Calland over there, I'm Sam Vicini. Uh, I'll be back at some point uh, next week. I'm in the Gold Coast starting on Sunday for uh, NBL Blitz because of all the NBL prospects that are here for the draft. Whether or not I record anything specifically to be released on Sunday is a question. As of right now, it's an open question. Uh, we will see. I might rope in Kane Pittman just being up there and get him to come on. We'll find out. Also, I'm planning on getting like a couple interviews and stuff while I'm up there. So might do that on the podcast, might do that at The Athletic. We will see. But until next time, we'll talk soon. Bye.